Yo, it's Derek Gordon, and it is that Midnight Hustle podcast. Thanks for coming back. Can you dig it? I bet that you can. That's right, baby. We up in here in the house, the Midnight Hustle. Yo, don't don't pay attention to these bottles over here, all right? That's that's Aquafina and that's Red Bull. They don't put no money into this show at all. They could be a sponsor. You know the vibes. Hit me up. Cut the check. Yeah, we can put this front and center, but for now, you're going to get the barcode until you motherfuckers start sending me some cash over here. So anyway, I've been dying to do this interview right now, all right, because back in um, – I started NWA Cyberspace. That was the uh, New Jersey wrestling promotion that I used to be the booker for with Billy Firehawk, RIP to the brother. Um, and, and we had a lot of great talent there, homegrown talent. You guys probably thought it was a TNA farm system. It wasn't. We tried, but fuck it, whatever. Lo and behold, though. We had a ton of talent that should be on TV, that made it to TV, and that's still out there kicking ass today. One of my favorite performers that was in the ring that time, we're going to discuss those times in a little bit, but he's here tonight because he has been touring the globe like a globe trotter, taking them skills across the pond, winning championships, and re-identified who he was. Tonight, you're going to be hearing from the one and only Bufa and the boombox. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey. Yo. That's what I'm talking That's about, right, bro. Yo, it's so yeah. good to have you here, man. <laughs> so happy that uh, we're finally catching you. up. Been a really long time. Before we start, though, I know you All got right. the buffer. Hey, yo, right? Buggy <laughs> Fresh, you from the Bronx. All right, all right. <laughs> I you know you're the Bronx right. is like you're you know like you heard <laughs> I mean that's that's the new AO oh, all right I got you yeah yeah for this for this generation you know <laughs> but hey yo that's 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 just New York man that, that's how we talk everything's AO it originated in Harlem uh-huh. where I was born and raised okay. you know then it caught on you know Bronx Brooklyn everywhere else so it's like you know what I wanna like give something back to the hood, yeah. you know, because, you know, all money is legal. We use this products of our environment. So I wanted to have, like, a, a cool catchphrase, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, we're doing an old school, you know, throwback gimmick. So I was like, what catchphrase can I use that's, like, old school? And I was like, hey, yo, all right? Yep, yep. Because, you know, in the hood, you would hear that a lot. Hey yo, there's somebody out of nowhere play I, and I'd be my brother saying I, and I would say the A yo. So let me tell you the Brooklyn story. So I grew up in the Brooklyn projects, right? So I lived on the 11th floor, and we had the bells, the the buzzes, the intercoms downstairs, (laughs) and your mother lose her shit. She's like, yo, tell them motherfucker stop buzzing the bell. I'm I'm on the phone over here. So my boys just go outside like, hey yo, it's either that or, and I'll come out the window. You know. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I miss those days, man. Dude, man. So how long you been in China for? You that's where you're at now, right? Ooh, yeah. I've been here for about five years. Holy back shit, and forth. Damn. Yeah, but the longest I've stayed consistently has been about two, two years, going okay. on two and a half. So you've been on a two year stretch yeah. now. You haven't come back to the stage. Yeah, stretch. yeah. Right. I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, that's since, one of the since biggest, COVID, you know. I want to talk to you about. It. I mean, we can talk wrestling all day, and we will. Oh yeah, but yeah. you've been down there two years. We've been in a yeah. pandemic, almost two years. Been in a pandemic eighteen months. 
Mm-hmm. The funny thing, though, is you're in the place where everybody's pointing the finger of where the pandemic started. Oh, so yeah. What's that like? Not only just being in China at the moment, with a, you know, there's, there's yeah. an outbreak, possibly the origin of where the pandemic started, but mm-hmm. being there during the conception of it, when it started, the rumors you started hearing like, oh, shit, do I go back to the States to be with my family? How serious is this? Am I on lockdown? Mm-hmm. Tell me what the experience has been like through this pandemic. Oh, man, it- Nothing I've ever experienced, <laughs> you know, yeah. or any of us, for that matter. It, it was, it was weird, man, it, because we had a lot of things on, you know, the internet mm-hmm. about this, that, the other. But when you're on the ground floor, you don't see it. So you're like, is it really that bad? Because at the time, they was like, people was posting up these videos of like people in like Wuhan, China, just like mm-hmm. passing out and dying and stuff like that. I'm in Shenzhen and I'm like, I don't see any of this stuff out here. And it didn't, there wasn't many cases in Shenzhen at the time. It was in like other areas of China. Okay. So I was kind of like, man, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't see anything happening you here. You weren't seeing so. people getting sick. You just like, yo, that's a common cold. It's a flu. No way, man. No way. I didn't see any of that. No, you know, the streets no. are still full. Uh-huh. Everybody's just going on with their lives. So I say about a few months in, that's when it started to pick up. Like a lot of areas started getting put on lockdown. I was like, never put on lockdown. Okay. My building complex wasn't put on lockdown. City wasn't put on lockdown. So I was, I was fine. I wasn't like tripping, ready to run home, you know, because I'm like, Everything is cool here, so... But you're watching the rest of the world lose their shit. Get yeah. out, like, back out in Italy and Rome, like, people were, like, singing mm-hmm. on the balconies because they were stuck there for two, three, four weeks. Yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, but nothing nothing like that in China. They were just like, yo, fucking go about your business. We got this under control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. They were wrong, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, here, here in, um, <laughs> here in uh, Shenzhen, it wasn't, it wasn't bad like that. It wasn't all these, okay. like, huge cases and stuff like right. that. And we didn't get put on lockdown. I felt it mm-hmm. because, like, everywhere else got put on lockdown pretty much. Like, business just stopped. Yeah. So I wasn't able to travel. I wasn't able to work. So that's when I really felt it. Mm-hmm. And that's when it became tough. You know, my girlfriend, she had to work from home. And right. she's a foreman of two. She's Singaporean. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't just up and leave, you know. Right. She has work here just like me. <laughs> So I was just like, man, I can't leave my girl here by herself. Like, what kind of man would I be if I just run back home? You met her out there or you brought her with you? No, I met her in um, Shanghai when I was living in Shanghai. Yeah, working with OWE. Then we moved to Shenzhen. All right. You know, because she got a new job. I wound up leaving OWE and starting with a new company. So Mm. it all worked out. So at what point did did you notice, oh, this shit is real. Like, it's getting serious now. When it hit the States. Because remember, I say maybe two months before it hit any other country, like, people was making all these, like, memes about, you know, COVID and stuff like that. I was like, man, I have a feeling it's going to hit everywhere else. Everybody's making fun of China, making fun of the yeah, yeah. virus, and 
this, that, the other, because we had like a two month head start <laughs> here in China. Right. So once it hit everywhere else, and they like started shutting down like all these countries and like cutting people off from like even like leaving like the country they was in mm-hmm. because of the um, spread of the virus. I was like, man, this is bad. Once it hits, once it hit the states, that's when I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. And you still we went through, man. Down, we got locked down. People out of work. Economy started to tank. I mean, oh, shit is still man. wild out here right now. Yeah, it is. But but you guys That's really, ha- like, you guys really never experienced that. This it was just like business as usual. Just be careful. Like businesses closed down. It got okay. it got tough, but it was it wasn't as bad as you would think. Mm-hmm. Not here in Shenzhen. That's for yeah. sure. I can only speak for Shenzhen. They were definitely fucking around you, on the yeah. internet. They were like, you know, because like, they didn't take it serious in the states at first. Yeah, like, yeah. From they January to March, way. beginning of March, and they were like, you yeah. said they would post the memes like, "Yo, when you see the bat signal in the sky, that means it's dinner out in China." I'm yeah. like, "Yo, that's fucked up." Like, but, on, man. So like, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, the people out there must be going through it, but we don't see it." And I don't know mm-hmm. if maybe it's the way the government is, where they're not sharing certain information. Of course, you know, politics plays a big part, and politics played a huge yeah. part here in America, and that's why we got all fucked up over here because we had bad leadership. Yeah. I ain't trying to get into politics, but it is what it yeah. is, man. It is what it is, man. <laughs> yeah, man. But let me ask yeah. you a question. So, so this has been going on for for eighteen months, and I'm sure you've been staying on top of the news out here in America. Yeah, there's been a lot of hate mm-hmm. crimes. Obviously, police are still killing black men, and now with the pandemic, and then pointing the finger at China. There's been a lot of hate crimes towards Asians. How have you guys been reacting to it over there, seeing what we're dealing with over here? I haven't really seen anything about it here. No, nothing. Regarding, like, the hate crimes in the States. Really? You know, one of my friends just, like, it's funny you mention that because one of my friends posted up a video yesterday in our um, little group chat, and it was, it was with this, uh, this African American dude mm-hmm. walking in the street passes an Asian lady and he just punches her. Yeah. And this was in yeah, in China. Oh, that was out and there. It was posted, yeah, it was posted on like the one of the one of the um the social media sites here in China. Okay. I was like, at first I didn't think it was China mm-hmm. because I'm like, come on now, who's stupid enough to do that? As a foreigner here, yeah. Well, yeah. all the cameras here, like, I'm like, nah, that can't be, that's got to be the States. But it was China, and I was like, oh, damn. It's been now. Crazy. Not only not only are they, are, <sighs> have they been attacking minorities, but, like, Asian crimes are on the rise now. So much so that the president's like, yo, we need to, to write a bill against Asian crimes. Mm-hmm. Not only were they just attacking Asians, but then they're going after weak Asians. And I don't mean weak as, I'm talking about, like, yeah, yeah. elderly. Like, elderly, elderly, yeah. Walking up and snuffing them, and you know, yeah. at the ATM, I'm like, what the fuck? Blaming them for something they had no control over. Ah oh, man, it that's that's a. Who uh, was like, yo? I thought we were talking wrestling. What the fuck? <laughs> yo, we can we can really get into it. I want to, but uh-huh. it's like. Uh, no, nah, not, not here. I, again, like I, I wanted to know what the experience was like because, again, mm-hmm. you're an American in the land yeah. where people are pointing the finger at, so you get to see it from both sides. You've got family out here. You're a black man out there who's dealt with racism yeah. on his own home soil, but now you're seeing that yeah, the people yeah. that you're with are getting racism mm-hmm. out here where you would be. So you would be able to see it from both sides of the spectrum. So I was curious. To see yeah, what yeah, I see it. Was. Yeah. <sighs> 
even even before all these like hate crimes, I would be here in China and I experienced racism, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but is it racism or is it because everybody's Chinese and here's an African American walking the streets? Nah, and completely different. It, it's 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 about fifty fifty, honestly, really? man. Because right. there's a lot of foreigners out here. Okay. You know, African American. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If he fucked up, so, you're just like, yo, there he is. There he is. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> he runs with the KFC again. Get him! Get him! Get him! <laughs> like, yo. Yeah, you know, man. It'll be like nonsense like that. I experienced like the dirty looks and yeah, all that, and you know, I'm traveling through the airport. You know, trying to get through security. I'm getting pulled to the side. And I know what it is. Like getting, getting frisked over there new. too. This is some bullshit. Yeah, this is this is nothing new to me. Yeah. It, you like, get you got a lot yeah, of Americans man. where you're at? A lot of people that you can yeah. relate to? Yeah, there is. There okay. is. You know, and they they've experienced a lot of racism more more than I have. Oh shit. Like some of my friends from like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They live out here and they're teachers. Like the teachers, the African-American teachers here, get, they get it rough, man. Wow. The stories from they the tell students? me, I'm like, yes, from these yeah, kids. That's and funny. from the parents, too. I'm like, I feel for them. Yeah. I'm like, I'm over here. I'm, up, I'm getting upset because, you know, I'm getting dirty looks here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting <laughs> profiled and stuff like that. And I'm like, my boys over here telling me all these horror stories, and I'm like, "What the hell am I complaining about?" Right, right. <laughs> you know, but I'm not just going to ignore it. Like we come this far, and people still want to, you know. So just we should say racism to... is global. It's still global, so it don't matter where you're at. Man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's not going to change, man. With technology we have now, mm-hmm. like I can understand. I right, some some people here may have not seen a black person in person before. Yeah. I can understand that. It's like, come on, you, you motherfuckers got your phones out every minute, every second you're going through them. So like, you know, tell me you're not watching like movies or videos with African-American people in it. Right, right. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, let's be and, real. And you, we come you this said, far and we're still doing with this. You said you met your girlfriend where, in Shanghai? Yeah, Shanghai. And she's Asian? Yeah. So how's her dad yeah. taking it? I met her dad. Her dad is awesome. He's cool her, with dad, it? <laughs> her dad her dad was into Motown. Oh my dude, yeah. He was into Motown and he was a wrestling fan. Because like years ago they I think they still do. They have like a um 24 hour wrestling channel. Okay. So she would tell me like he used to be listening to Motown and watch wrestling. Like he was a, a fan of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And her mom is awesome. My mom's from Hong Kong. That's great, man. You know, so I met them, I think about before the um pandemic. Went okay. to Singapore and met them and they they, they were awesome. That's gotta be a good feeling. Treated me though. great. That's gotta oh, be a good feeling. Hell yeah. Because you were like, hell you know, yeah, you, you're the stranger out there, like, not with my daughter, not out here. I'm like, yo, yeah, <laughs> come on, man. You start seeing yeah, some fucking real. Smokey like, Robinson. Right. He's like, all right, all right, I like yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. He, he's cool, man. He's cool. That's good. How long you plan on staying yeah, out there? Man. 
ah, man, this is home right now. Oh, for real? Okay, so it's not even like you're out there for business. Like, it's just a two-year stretch. You, you're like, you don't even want to come back. Nope. nope. No reason to. I've been, I've been traveling the world since 2010, no, 2011. Okay. Wherever I lay my head is home. Wow. I'm, I'm so, I'm done with the States as far as for wrestling. Mm. Unless, like, something good comes along, like, a solid contract, mm-hmm. a big wrestling company that's on TV. Because that's one thing I haven't achieved mm-hmm. was that national TV exposure working for one of the big companies right. in the States. So that's like the only thing left for my bucket list as far as me being a pro wrestler outside of starting my own dojo and wrestling promotion here in China. Okay. So those are only two things I've left. So you've worked Japan as well, right? You were in Zero One? Yeah, that's where that's where it all began. Okay. When I moved to Japan, yeah. What's, what's the big differences between Japan and China when it comes to the wrestling industry? It's night and day. Really? China, like pro wrestling in China, is like I would say about five years old. Really? And this wrestling in China's only ba- five years? it's been yes, it's been baby steps. Wow. Yeah, man. And it's funny that you say that because a couple of weeks ago, um, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. get the Viceland channel out there, but they've got a series called Dark oh, yeah, Side of the it. Ring. So they just did that episode when WWE mm-hmm. went out there in the 90s into uh, to North Korea. Oh, North Korea, yes. Yo, and, yes. and they're like, yo, sold out stadium, 300,000 people. They mm-hmm. didn't know what the fuck they were watching. They were sitting on their hands like, yeah, what man. is this? So you're saying it's a bit of a Ooh. culture shock, but they, they, they're vibing with it now. They're like, yo, this shit is pretty cool. I'm digging it. Cause I see, yeah, I see how they yeah. react to you and the other dudes that yeah, are yeah, out yeah. there. I'm like, all right, I, you know, they, they're feeling mm-hmm. what's going on. I like it, and they're involved. Yeah, they're they're, they're catching on. They're okay. catching on. But when I first got here, it was it was it was starting to like register with the um fans here and the people uh-huh. here because the cows were they were good, man. I was I was so surprised. Because and then another thing too is you know China is huge, a billion people here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there are certain areas where wrestling is popular, and other areas where they've never seen wrestling. Okay. And I wrestled for like pretty much every wrestling promotion here in China, mm-hmm. all over China. So the reactions vary, you know, depending on where you are in China. So, so those, it's those gonna it's gonna take a while. Do they know it to work? Or you guys working kayfabe out there for now because it's still it's still so new to them. Some of these young guys, man, they don't understand what kayfabe is, so they just like right. So them as professional opening up the curtain, you know, yeah. they just open up the curtain for everybody to see. So kayfabe really doesn't exist with a lot right. of people here. It does with me, of course, and whoever I'm around. Mm-hmm. But they. I think like a lot of them, they they think it's uh well put it this way, the fans, the Chinese wrestling fans, they know it's a work. But those who are like experiencing wrestling for the first time, they think it's a shoot. Oh, for real. All right. And another reason why it's like that is because like a lot of the MMA fights out here all work. Mm-hmm. Because they, they do a lot of um joint shows with um MMA. Okay. So, Wait, so I the did, MMA I did matches a few. are a work as well? 
Yeah, I've done a few where <laughs> we're sharing a locker room with these guys, and these guys are back there, like They're going over there. Basically, match. like, yeah, I'm like, what? The? I'm like, the wrestling is more of a shoot than MMA right. when you really think about it. Oh, man. But yeah, man, and these are guys who are going back, like they got their friends there, and they like no kayfabe. They even tell their friends that it's a, it's a work and all that. These are MMA fighters, you know. What I mean? Yeah, and it's it's funny because I was talking to Greek God Papa Don uh, a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and we were just talking about, you know, we grew up in a certain era where we had a passion yeah. for the business because it, mm-hmm. it it's something that we saw and that we believed in as a child. And yeah. and no disrespect to any of the talent that are out there now because their work rate is phenomenal. They run circles around the guys from the '80s. The difference is though, is that I looked at those guys maybe because I was younger, mm-hmm. but I looked at them as grown men who had been veterans, yeah. who had been grizzled, mm-hmm. who, who didn't sell, who were just fucking hardcore keeping kayfabe. And now everybody yeah. looks like, you know, my cousin, my brother, they're all smaller, <laughs> they're all doing, yes. and they're doing flippy moves. I'm like, yo, that shit wouldn't fly. That's not even real. So, like, any generation now that's watching it for the first time, especially here in the mm-hmm. States, it's more yeah. like Disney on ice for them. It's like, oh, you know, coming to a town near it you is. was wrestling with this guy and that guy and, and his promo mm-hmm. and his catchphrase, his entrance. But because you have... It, because it's in the infancy, basically in China now, it's only five years yeah. old out there. You can reprogram them and take that old school and 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 get real heat from the crowd. Yeah, man, and I do with mm-hmm. the guys I'm working with. I told I told all the guys I'm like, man, we gotta we gotta teach these fans what pro wrestling is. Yeah, that's all of our jobs, man. Because I'm telling you, like China is gonna. It's gonna be a huge wrestling boom here in China. Okay. Everybody and their moms is gonna be trying to get something started out here mm-hmm. once the travel ban is lifted. I'm telling you, because there's a market for pro wrestling, man. And there's a lot of money here. And you're there on the ground floor. So because oh, yeah. you were one of the faces that helped grow it to introduce mm-hmm. it to that market over there, they're gonna look at you as a legend. Yeah. Hey man. <laughs> Hey man, it, it comes it comes if with the it, game, hey, man. If yeah. it happens, I'm all for it. Yo, if they're giving you the opportunity <laughs> that they weren't giving you here in the States, you take that shit, you ride it out. Oh man. man. It, hell yeah. Like I was given this opportunity. I, I was given a great opportunity with Japan. Mm-hmm. And it was always my brother and I's goal to move to Japan and work out there full time before we like even tried to like get a deal with one of the bigger wrestling companies in the States. And we got that opportunity, you know, unfortunately, you know, we went off to be a dad and I just like kept on pushing, you know, it was basically like, you know, I can't do this indie wrestling stuff. The money's not coming in. Opportunities aren't coming in anymore. And he was like, you know, I got to get out of New York. You know, you know New York. I, I know it. Expensive as hell. Yeah. You have two kids. He's like, man, I'm gonna shoot down the floor with her. You know. Get you, I made that move too, and man. see what happens. New York City's for the, either the very rich or yeah, the very man. poor. There's no in between. I it mean, was, and if it's man, in between, it it's just like ah, uh, you know, you're not living the life you want to live. It's paycheck to paycheck. You know, yeah, man, it's rough out oh, there. Man, that's, I made the transition. It's tough, man. 
Yo, so question about your brother. Two things. One, yeah. Um, I know that he was big into music. He was doing. I, I saw on on your YouTube. Yeah, page he was, yeah. He used to have some K murder tracks out there. Was, yeah, good. yeah. He, what happened? Yeah, he was man. He gave it up. <sighs> he stopped. I won't say he. I won't. I won't say he gave it up. Just mm-hmm. like wrestling, he yeah. just, he just, you know, he just stopped. You know? But if you figure like right now, so I think you posted those videos back in 2010. So yeah. 2010 to 2021, right now. The way mm-hmm. things have blown up in terms of technology. I mean, the mics that we're using yeah. right now, the, the SoundCloud, though, you can go out there. You don't even need a record deal. You can just go out there and push your shit. <laughs> all these Why don't he jump back on that now? He was, he, oh, he had talent. Yeah, he really did, man. He, he was dope. Yeah. <laughs> One of the <laughs> dopest wrestlers slash rappers that I've ever heard. I, man. I think he should. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk to him about that. He should, man. Because he still has a passion for pro wrestling. Okay. He still has a passion for rapping. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, getting that that fire up under your ass. Yo, man, if it don't work out, <laughs> somebody he on you like do it. Yo, if it don't work out, he could be Ludacris's stunt double. He's yo, he got that look. Like if Shock G yo. and Ludacris had a baby, <laughs> that's your brother. Yo, <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, you know what's hilarious when we. I think it was like our first year in the business when mm-hmm. we was training at the doghouse. One of our trainers, late on the Tower of Torture, we named him Ludacash. No shit. Because his name was Cash, and he just renamed him Ludacash because at the time he was coming out to um, Sunday Hospitality. That was yeah, our yeah. theme song. Uh-huh. And you know, my brother looks like Ludacris. He had the cornrows at the time and all right. that. So <laughs> late on, just like, Tonight, do the cash. I'm about to say, what? My name is Cash. Like, right, right. Do the cash, motherfucker. And it took off. Yeah, it took off. Like, he was like, oh, yo, man, that's fucking awesome. I'm glad he's doing well. Yo, he's got so much, so much potential out there that that even if it's not wrestling, there's so much more he could be doing. I understand it's hard being a dad because that's why it's a lot of shit that I'm not doing right now. But like I said, with, with with the the availability of, of all the tools at your fingertips now where you don't have to find a studio. Mm-hmm. You can literally, like, this is soundproof walls right now. Put that in yeah, a bedroom, in a closet, up, a mic. And like I said, becomes a SoundCloud anyway. rapper. There ain't no shame in that right now. And you don't owe nothing to the record labels. It's, <laughs> you keep it all in-house, man. Yeah, absolutely, uh, man. That's and that's the best. That's the best. Let's talk about you, though. So last week... I want to say it was last week, the 26th or so, around there. You no, came... it was today. It was oh, today? today, last week. Yeah. Oh, today, last week. All right, that's what I'm saying. So it was yeah. last week, yeah. First ever IBEW <laughs> champion, man. So tell me how that came about. Tell me about this promotion, and tell me why you're the chosen one, the face of the place. Oh, man. IBEW, this is a new promotion. Mm-hmm. And it was started by... One of my protégés, a guy that I took under my wing, M.A. If you go back to MKW Blastoff, mm-hmm. episode one, we wrestled with each other. So you'll be able to see, like, his size, his skills, okay. all that. The guy is, he's awesome. Like, he's 22 years old, but he's been wrestling since he was 15. Much, much like me, you know, I started okay. when I was 15 as well. So you know he's young, he has a lot of experience already. And he was trained in um IGF. That was one of Inoki's um companies. 
and he also trained the rest of the pro wrestling Noah in Japan. Okay. So he's done tours there. So he has like this, you know, strong style background. Yeah. He has some experience on this belt. Now, fast forward from episode one of Blast Off to I think it was maybe oh man, like episode 13 or something. He wound up getting injured. He broke his shoulder in a match. So he's been out ever since. And this was back in December. Okay. So he wanted to stay connected to the business any way he could. So he thought about creating his own promotion here in Shenzhen. Mm-hmm. So this was his brainchild. And man, for the minute he thought about it to <laughs> when it took place, it's like this. Wow, it's that fast? It was like oh, he that hurt fast. De- was it already in plan when uh, when he got hurt in December? No, no. No, nothing. Okay. Because he was out, you know, got the surgery done, and he was just healing. Then, you know, I've never been, like, injured to the point where I had to get surgery or I had to take time off. So I could just imagine what was going through his head. Like, yeah. I was still talking to him and stuff. But then he mentioned that he was going to be working on starting his own promotion. So I said, wow, that'd be dope, man. And this was probably like, i say say uh, maybe like March or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think he mentioned it to me. And look where we at now, man. First show with it, with already it, in the Two and books. a half months he put together success, the Pretty much, man. Wow. Yo, and let me tell you, that belt is uh, diesel. Yo, it's heavy as Holy shit. Yeah. No, I wish... <laughs> I wish I could like <laughs> yeah. hit this belt through like any stream. I'm like <laughs> right, right. Talk to somebody through and just let them feel how heavy this belt is. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be like sixty pounds, no lie. That much, wow. Real jewels, dude. I see man, rhinestones I, the size of my fist, like jewels. Yeah, up in the, man. It's, it's, the design is a crown, right on the front. Yeah, it's a yeah, crown in the front. <laughs> yo, it was nuts. I, I watched big, the match you sent me solid. today. Good match. Yeah. Solid match. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Dude, and, and that, you know, that I, match I'm, was I'm, awesome. I'm still amazed because we'll, t- we'll take it back a little bit now. I mean, yeah. you, know, you and I met back in NWA Cyberspace in 2005. More like, I want to say it was uh, towards the middle of 2005. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the guys over there, they, they, I was telling him, look, we need new talent. We definitely need tag teams. So I got this group. Yeah. Over Eagle. And I was like, all right, man, bring him in. Let's check him out. See what's going on. Mm-hmm. And from day one, man, and I've said this on a previous podcast, I heard you guys out there. We put you in a dark match. And all I heard yeah. was, pow, ooh, ah, and the crowd was just on fire. Yo, man. So, you know, in America, you know, and a lot of people don't think of it this way. They, you know, they put together a match or they put together a card and they just start throwing matches yeah. wherever. They don't think about the structure of the match. But sometimes yeah. the structure of the card is just mm-hmm. as important as the match itself. Oh, and there's absolutely. a lot of wrestlers out there who think that if you're in the opening match, it's disrespectful. I never saw it that way. I always thought of baseball. Me neither. That's your leadoff hitter. He's got to get Yo, on. Base. He's going to steal second. I always. And, yeah. And I you're always say I want to be first. Right. <laughs> And because and the funny be thing is, match. I always want to put you guys on first because yeah. you guys set the tone <laughs> for the show, and you guys go like, "All right, I'm done. Follow that. Good luck." Yeah, <laughs> like, and Just you made the rest back, of like... the locker room step their game up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You and That's your brother, a great spot, on, man. You and your brother were on oh, fire, man. and and I'll never forget the night. Ooh. There's there's a handful of um 
some of my proudest moments in, in NWA cyberspace yeah. were the last minute decisions I had to make under pressure. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's where, you know, that, that don't make or break you. That's where a lot of people just fold and like, ah, oh, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we did a we had to do a lot because either people missed their flights or they missed their bookings or somebody got injured, yeah. whatever the case was. And the fact that you guys were there that night, I mean, man, I, I've said Ooh. it a million times. I'll say it a million and one. You guys <laughs> made that tag team title worth fighting for. And I see you doing uh, it now out there in China, man. So yeah. Thank you. Oh, shit. <laughs> thank uh, you. And yeah, you guys are keeping it real. I, I, I love it, man. Ah, uh, man. Thank you for the opportunity. That right there. Ooh, I will never forget it. We'll never forget it. That was a huge moment for us. It really was, man. At that time, you think, was that the first tag team titles we held on at Indies? Yeah, like one of the first. Okay. I think that was probably the second because the first tag team titles we held on at Indies was for WXW. Okay. Wow, Samoans. Office promotion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Saxon Titans there, then that was like 2003, so 2005, when one of the tag titles in NWA Cyberspace. That just shot us up here, man. The funny thing is, is like, and I said this before, is that every time we put, uh, well, I was with Billy and we were putting together the matches, yeah. it was almost like we were setting up auditions for our homegrown <laughs> guys yeah. to perform in front of the mm-hmm. TNA guys so that maybe Jeff Jarrett yeah, somebody else that's was like, true. yo, those guys are good. We need to put them yeah. on our TV show. And I didn't give a shit. They snatched you guys up because the goal was yeah. to push you guys into that direction. Um, and, and like I said, that night, we got put into a bind. The solution got stuck in traffic. You guys yeah. happened to stay. You guys worked the SAT early in the night. And I was like, yo, let's... Mm-hmm. These are the guys. There's no <laughs> question about it. And, um, dude, you guys had a phenomenal run. Um, there was so much oh, more yes, that we had planned for you, so much more that we wanted to do with you guys. Unfortunately, you know, the, the promotion didn't last. But for the time that, that we had it and you guys were there, you guys never failed, man. Thank you for that. Thank you, man. That right there. Ah, oh, man, that's, that's what we needed at that point, man, because – we hit the Indies in 2003 after the Doorhouse closed, and we was hitting all the top spots on the Indies. But we weren't winning any tag team gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, How long so were you guys in the we business at that point? What? That was what, three years? Oh, we three, started okay. in 2001. All right, yeah. Yeah. So our, our first big opportunity on the Indies was um, WXW. Mm-hmm. That's 2003. Then we started wrestling for CZW in 2004. We was wrestling for Jersey All Pro at the time as well. Chicago Pro. Man, everywhere. All the top spots, we were there. But outside of WXW, we weren't tag team champions anywhere. So once we came to Cyberspace and we won the tag team titles, thanks to you, <laughs> They opened up so many doors for us, man. Then oh, oh, the gold just started rolling in, man. Really? Oh, man. <laughs> you started collecting all the gold. Hey. <laughs> hey, if you didn't get signed by TNA, the next best thing is the money, man. So I'm, I'm glad. Oh, it worked man. I was, I, was, I was hoping for that, man. I was hoping for the TNA run, man. Yeah, uh, man. Like I said, we had a lot of plans uh, going into things, and, and things were constantly changing mm-hmm. with TNA, and it was always a political yeah, struggle. The way we would write the show, like, ah, we can't do that because we're doing something else on TV, so now I got to go change the show around. Yeah, um, and, and the thing was, 
TNA really, we didn't have too many TNA tag teams. We had America's Most Wanted, but we mm-hmm. barely brought in Cowboy James Storm. So I was like, all right, well, <laughs> and you know, it just became a pain in the ass to, bro- to book tag teams through Bill Barron's and the office because now we got to bring in two guys and then they might have different schedules. So it was like, fuck it. We're just going to let's just build around all money is legal. Let's work with what we got. Let them put on a clinic with everybody there. And man, it, like I said, the first time that I saw you guys, um, mm. Dave Levy, I, he said, he's looking, I got these guys. I want to bring them in. And I'm yes. running around like a chicken without a head that day. You guys <laughs> get into the ring. I'm like, all right, cool. They're here. Great. I'll, I'll watch the tape later, which I never fucking watch the tapes. But I'm walking in the corner of my eye. I see you guys get on your knees and lock your fingers behind your oh, head. And I go and just <laughs> stop me in my tracks. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? And dude, brilliance. Brilliant. I had never seen that done. And I was like, yo, these yeah. guys really put a lot of thought into what they're doing and who they are and how they want to be perceived by these fans right now. Yeah, man. When that time came, it's I knew like, it was going to be you. He's bringing the hood to the ring, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I went environment to the ring. That's that's what we was doing. <laughs> and it, yo, so, it clicked. So, <laughs> since then, you've you've changed it up. Not now, you're Bufa. Oh yeah, boombox, mm-hmm. right? So you know, obviously, yeah. I know before you went solo, you and your brother were doing what the house party gimmick. Where's the two of you? Yeah, like, this, look? Yeah, this 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 all started in Japan. Okay, because when we first did our tour of Japan. Mm-hmm. They they changed our names. Oh, they shit. changed our theme song. <laughs> what was that? So the we had to own the characters in Japan. So it would be exclusive to, to their promotion. Uh, not not so much. But one thing that Zero One used to do with a lot of the um the American talent is they would they would change up their gimmicks sometimes in their music. Right. You know, but it was it was all to benefit us. Like the original owner at the time. Nakamura, he he wanted to uh, get us over as much as possible because originally we was going over there to do an international uh, tryout. Okay. So we got invited over. One good, one great thing I did was I was like, before we get there, let me send them a video package of us. Mm-hmm. I sent them the, the video package and they was like, oh man, they. <laughs> they went crazy. Like, Nakamura winds up, you know, emailing me. He's like, oh, I showed it to, you know, some of the vets, like Sato Tanaka, you know, Otani, Hidaka, which wound up being, you know, other trainers. And they were like, make sure you bring the boombox. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't bring it, he's like, if you can't get the boombox over here, we'll get one for you. All right. So they, they, were, they were excited. So Nakamura was like, man, I want to get you guys over as much as possible. So we want to change the theme to a part-time lover, Stevie Wonder. I was like, ah, but this is our thing. He was like, he was like, no, trust me. This song is huge in Japan. People love it. Okay. They love Stevie Wonder. They love this song. And he's like, it's 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 going to work. Just trust me. Watch. Sure enough. They respond. Big time. I had to change up the way I walked to the ring and I had uh-huh. to change everything up. I had to be more animated. What were you coming out to before, before Stevie Wonder? Uh, LL Cool J, I'm bad. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Like yeah. Cool. So it your brother got to work Absolutely. in Japan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did get to. Okay. Good. The, yeah. The first the first uh, tour we were supposed to do, we wound up, his uh, baby mama wound up having the first kid. 
Oh, I mean, the second his second kid, like a week early. So he was like, oh, man, "Damn, I don't, I don't know if I can make it, man. This is random." So I was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. We just we'll go after you know everything." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird the way he was like, "No, no, no." He was like, "You go, go out there, you know. We got the invite." He was like, "Go out there, tear it up." I'll be out there when the time is right. Okay. So I went out there alone for three months and basically just set the stage for him. We wound up going back out there later that year. Mm-hmm. So I went in like February. We wound up going back together in like November for like a three-week tech tournament. Okay. And that's when we were the Bufa brothers. The Bufa brothers? Bufa and... Yeah, Bufa and... <laughs> <laughs> Who's his name? Cause they kind they kind of uh, like pronounce murder. Mm-hmm. Cause he was going as murder, so they was like, "Oh, mother, mother, your name, mother." He said, "No, no, murder." So they was like, "Oh, no, 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 just call your name is uh, brother Bufa." Brother Bufa. <laughs> like Bufa's brother. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> we was the Bufa brothers. So yeah, we yeah we got we got a we had a little a little run and. You know Japan together, which was our dream. So, so even though he got the run in Japan, he didn't think it was still viable enough to keep it going. Because yeah, I heard Japan he money's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was everything was everything was set to go, man. Like after that, we were talking to them about you know moving there, so they was going to get us our work work visas, and we was always set to go back and move out there full time. <clears throat> but you know. Personal life hits. Yeah. He was like, you know, even though the money wasn't going to be as good because it was a, it was going to be like our first like year there. Right. So uh, money isn't going to be like great. And he has two kids. Mm-hmm. So he's like, ah, man, it's going to, it's going to be tough, you know. Right. Right. And so early because going, you guys you didn't know? have American TV behind you, you weren't really a featured attraction. They were pretty much. Introducing yeah. these crowds, they yeah, yeah, really yeah, the high price. All right, yeah, we, we really, <laughs> really could have. We had to, you know, we had to pay our dues too, right? Of course, because we were like still young boys there, you know, we were still doing the training every day, mm-hmm. and those still setting up the ring, breaking down the ring, you know, doing all that. Were you Living guys able to adjust the Japanese style? house? Oh, hell yeah, yeah, you just because right, the dog right house. The dog house, like that's the do- what yeah, the dog house. It makes sense. It was big yeah. on Japanese wrestling, okay. so it was it was an easy transition. Like, like don't get me wrong, it was tough. Like the training is, it's insane. Thousand squats a day. All this, oh man, push ups, yeah. sit ups, uh, it it's insane, man. And some of the techniques is different as far as like you know the ropes, mm-hmm. the way you run the ropes, footwork is like. Like it. only people who know who will know this are people that trained in Japan. Yeah, yeah. You can't really see it from watching like matches and stuff like that. You have to be there to really understand and know how to do certain things. And you know, the technique is very different out there. So we had to be retrained in the Japanese style. Okay. But we picked it up quick, man. How you guys already like out there? Are you calling it in the ring? You working backstage, or is it just like, man, we calling it in the ring? You calling it in the ring? Yeah, you got to because sometimes you lost in translation yeah. out there. 
and it's like like the standard match would be uh like five minutes of free wrestling. Okay. This is why like mad wrestling in Japan is it is it's such a big thing. Like you need to know how to wrestle because standard match is like you free wrestling for five minutes of the match, then you start going into like start building up into like the, the shine. Right, the right. key, the comeback, the near force, the finish. But you don't have none of that planned out. You're not talking about it in the back. This is more like when you're a kid in the schoolyard and you're just doing what feels yeah. good. At the moment. You're selling for your boy. He sells for you, yeah, and then you yeah, know, yeah. Like you're responding. Like, all right, you're going over. Mm-hmm. All right. You just wrestling, train wrestling, mat wrestling for five minutes, and you just like building up to the finish. <laughs> yeah. And out there, you know, the all the near force, like those matches out there. Are so demanding, mm-hmm. so tough, so long. It's like the only time you have a break is when you're free wrestling. Okay. That's the only time you're going to have a break yeah, in the yeah, Japanese yeah. match. Like, because after those five minutes are up, it's just like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. especially after the heat, where mm-hmm. all the near force is like, boom, 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 boom. They don't really like, one thing I had to learn is with like, you know, you see a lot of guys doing the forms and stuff like right. that, and people think they're no selling. When I was out there the first time, and I got hit with a form, I sold that shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And they was like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't sell too big. Let it register. Okay. Let it register, but don't sell too much. Mm-hmm. That's why you see guys, boom, boom. The guy sell it for a second, come back. Right. Let it register, then get back to it. That's so okay. strong style in the fighting spirit." You know, mm-hmm. you have to stay alive. Yeah. So it's not so much guys are no selling. No, everybody there has fighting spirit. That's what is right. built off of fighting yeah. spirit. So they don't so want everyone strong. You know, a forearm. Yeah. No. Like, Yo, you're yeah, yeah. more of these fuckers. So you know, that first one was a mm-hmm. potato. You're gonna get a whole second. Yeah. And the no selling is like no selling is basically the fighting spirit. Uh-huh. You know, you see a guy get a belly to back on his goddamn head, and he's like, ah. That's fighting spirit. He's fighting back. He's selling it. Right. At the end of the day, he's selling it. But he has a fighting spirit to shake it off and get back to it. Yeah, and that's one thing death. a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, like, right. look at the Japanese folks. and like, come on now. They're two and two together. Like, a lot of people don't, they don't understand, man. Right. And, and, and Japanese, I mean, you go back to the samurai culture. It's like die with exactly, honor. Like, yo, man. I know I'm going to die. Give me the sword. I'll do it myself. And it's like, you know. Exactly. So like, here, they're, they're like, they yeah, don't see like, the connection. I'm like, right. You don't oversell that shit. It's like... <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. I, I know your, your brother got, got some kids and stuff like that. But, I mean, had you yeah. guys stayed in the States and a contract was thrown your way and they're like, yo, you're going to have to travel. You're going to have to do live events. You have to do all this stuff. You'll be home a couple of days a month. Was mm-hmm. he going to pass on that as well? Oh, no. No way. Okay. No way. That's what we were trying to get. We were trying to get yeah, that yeah. contract, man. You know, it just, it, it wasn't coming, man. It really wasn't, you know. We had the opportunities and stuff like that, and people were, like, pulling for us mm-hmm. to, you know, get the opportunities in these bigger um, companies. But it was always like, uh, you know, it was always like timing. The time so wasn't right. 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 You know, yeah, like even like Rhino mm-hmm. was trying to get me and my brother a job in TNA. No shit. Okay. Yeah, man. Back in like around cyberspace days. Did you guys bond through cyberspace or you knew each other before that? I think when did we 
Rhino. I think we met Rhino and Cyberspace or JP. Okay. Because I know he was doing both. Mm-hmm. So I think it was we met him at um Cyberspace, then we seen him again in JP. Then he like took us to the side and talked to us and stuff like that. And he was like, ah, oh, you guys should give um Terry Taylor a call mm-hmm. about TNA, you know, he's one of the agents there. And he was like, Oh, sure. And he was like, we don't have his number. So he was like, I right, take my number, and here's his number. Yeah. And you know, one thing led to another. You don't get the call back. <laughs> Did you get in communication with Terry Taylor or you just like message went on? on yeah, on- we, we we did. And he was busy. I think it was like we called him and it was like around like a pay-per-view, one of the TNA pay-per-views. So mm-hmm. he was busy. And, okay. you know, so, I mean, there's there's been people pulling for us, trying to get us these opportunities and these big companies. But yeah. What about dark matches? You get any of those? Mm, for bigger companies, no, no, nothing. No. Not until yeah. like recently when I had the um tryout for WWE. That's what I was gonna ask you. I saw yeah. some pictures of you at the performance center. What was that yeah. experience like? Oh man, that was so weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was so weird, man. Cause they, I feel like like they're it, not it looking was... for athletes; they're looking for entertainers. I think it's the other way around. Really? Because I would have a job right now if that was the case. Yeah, true. You put it they're that way. They're looking more for half athletes than they are like entertainers or pro wrestlers. Okay. Uh, tell tell was, me about your experience there because you went there with the Boofa gimmick, right? You were already Boofa oh, at yeah. the time? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what did they see? What was the, the feedback that you got from the trainers there? And why do you think it didn't connect? The, the feedback was great that I got from the trainers. I knew more of the trainers than <laughs> the actual like pros mm-hmm. that were there. You know, like the feedback feedback was awesome man yeah it it was it was a it was a great experience but looking back now on things it was, it was weird like going through that because like man i almost didn't even get the opportunity to do the tryout because i was coming off of wrestling in japan mm-hmm. you know only i only came home for the tryout because while I was in Japan, William Regal sent me an email and told me that, you know, I've been invited to the uh, tryout. So How'd when I spoke on to radio? one of the, uh, I got his um, email because he's, he's cool with um, one of my trainers. Okay. Otani. Sinjiro Otani. Yeah. So I wound up getting Regal's email and I just emailed him, you know, then he gave me one of the, um, the emails to one of the talent relation guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, I went on the um, WWE PC site and like yeah, filled out the whole form and everything, all that stuff. You know, then oh, when um, the yeah, oh, that was uh, like four days. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because I was in Florida. My mom lives in Florida mm-hmm. as well, so I stayed with her in um, Tampa. So I was already in Florida, so I went. To the PC to just sign up and all that. Because like we do the sign up the first day and the next three days or the training and stuff. So I'll go there to sign, sign up, I'll come back the next day. <laughs> and I do the physical, and they're like, oh your blood pressure's too high. 
Because at this time, I switched up my whole diet to get ready, and I'm like drinking a lot of coffee. Yeah, yeah. So my heart rate was too was too high, and it was uh, just we only give you about fifteen minutes, and come back and try it again. I go back again, same thing. Damn. So, so he was it like, was physical doctor, that put you put that put the kibosh on the whole experience. No, it went through. Oh, it did okay. Being, yeah, yeah. Being that I was there, I was already in Florida. I wasn't uh-huh. flying in the next day. I did the physical the day before the actual tryouts. Uh-huh. So the doctor was like, "Come back tomorrow, the day of the um actual training. Come back tomorrow, and we'll do it again." I go <laughs> to the hotel. I'm drinking like gallons of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta bust this out. So I go back, I like I go back to the PC at like 6 a.m. or something like that. Sure enough, heart rate is still too high. I'm like, so the doctor's like, I I'm gonna give you 15 minutes again. But if it doesn't go down, so I was like, I cool. So I go back 15 minutes later, it's down. So he's talking to me. He's like, oh, man, you know, you might have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And being African-American. Right, right. You know, you may not live to see 50. You know, we want you to be here far past 50. So I'm like, I don't have high blood pressure. I'm like, come on, I'm telling him everything that's causing it. Uh-huh. And he's like just brushing it off. And he tells me this. He's like, you know, guys with blood pressure this high, don't do good at these trials. They gas out the fin like the first hour. So now I got that on. Yeah, my head. Fucking, like, did you not see my tapes? What's wrong with you? Like, I, I've done I'm this like, before. Like, come on, bro. So I was just like, all right, whatever. I brushed it off. So I have, have that over my head. Mm-hmm. I have the pressure of being the most experienced guy there. Was there, was there anybody well. in, in that tryout that's on TV now? Yeah. 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 NXT. And that's another main thing. roster. <laughs> one is, I think, one is in the main roster, and uh, I think the other ones are NXT. Okay. That's just got. Yeah. Burn one of the one, one of them, one of them was one of the coaches. I think her name was Lacey, Lacey or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. She was cool. She's one of the. Um, coaches that like took me to the side and was like yeah. giving me positive feedback and stuff. But man, once the tryout started, the training, <laughs> we're down doing push-ups and stuff. Dude, this is this this power lifter right next to me. Mm-hmm. We're about half an hour in. This dude is done. Blown up. Out of here. And he's next to me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> They're like, get up, get up. He's like, what? Come on, man. I can't breathe. So they're just going north for him. So one of the coaches brought to me and said, get your ass up. He's like, what the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. I got hard problems. You can't do this shit. They're just like, they get into yeah. like a heated argument and they are yeah. right next to me. I'm like, God damn, bro. So yeah. he's out of here. Right. Like a half an hour in. Then this football player. He's just like completely gassed. He's out of there in an hour. And I'm still going strong. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so day one finishes, <laughs> day two roll around, same thing. I'm getting through it. Now I have all this pressure on me, you know, because like, I just want to do well, you know, yeah, but I'm like psyching myself out. Mm-hmm. I'm psyching myself out. And like another thing I forgot to mention is the first thing we did was they had everybody cut promos in their character. Mm-hmm. So it was like 60 seconds, no person. So I do my promo, hit it out the park. Like people are clapping like, oh, that's so cool. That was cool. That was dope. Blah, blah, blah. I came in with all this energy, uh-huh. but during the tryouts, I was told that, you know, I'm a little too reserved. And I'm coming from Japan, training in Japan, where I train in a serious. So but I'm like, reserved well, they how? want me to be. Physically? Like what you're doing or, or cutting I a promo? Because I came in doing this high energy promo, but doing the tryouts, I'm just like focused. Okay. So I don't know what the hell they was expecting me to do. I'm looking right, at everybody right. else. I'm like, ain't nobody else like all hype and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would like get in the room like, hey, yo, wines. And I say my number like 12 and I do my um drills and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had some of the coaches come up to me and say, it's too reserved. Like, be more of a character. Like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, the only reason why I wasn't like doing that is because I don't want them to think I'm like being disrespectful, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, do like as if I'm goofing off and stuff. Yeah. And I'm looking at everybody else. I'm like, ain't nobody else like wilding out and goofing off and like being all characteristic and stuff like that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not being targeted, you know? Yeah. And I know it was based off of that promo because <laughs> I came in with all this energy and I don't know what the hell they expected me to do. There was one dude doing backflips. Uh huh. In the, do I do in the promo? No, he, he was oh. just like in between. Oh, in between. Like, we yeah. would have to go to like ring okay. to ring to ring and do drills. Right. And he's just like doing backflips, backflips, and going into the next ring. I'm like, I'm going to do that. Like, yeah. Sure enough, he's on, he's on NXT now. <laughs> oh, <the> fucking backflips. <laughs> like, I'm like, I ain't doing that. Like, I, um, think about something like a goofball. I'm here to train and. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm marketable. Like, don't you guys right. want guys that's probably what they were looking like, for. They were like, characters. you know, the red light goes on. How are people going to react to you? Give them that shit and make them sell that's, t-shirts. That's, you know, make them sell the, the product. Yeah. That's the main thing I was focused on. I like mm-hmm. that. That's what matters the most. Forget what you do outside the ring when the red light was off. When that red light was on, that's where it counts. That's mm-hmm. why I made sure I bought it in the promo and the reason why I bought it in the match. Mm-hmm. You know, I may have struggled with some of the drills, but I never quit. You yeah. know, I supposedly had a high blood pressure, but I still got through the damn training with like no problem. <laughs> uh, then so we have the match, the tryout matches that they have after um all the tryouts. Like the last day, they have a tryout show. Mm-hmm. And they had me in the main event of this tryout show, and they had me going over. <laughs> so the guy I'm wrestling comes up to me. Like a few minutes before the match, he said, oh, you know, they have me as the hill. And I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe we could switch the finish and I'll go over. So at first, I'm like, hell no. Right. But then I'm saying, wait a second. I saw this dude getting interviewed. Certain guys got interviewed. And those wind up like fast forward, wind up being the people that were. Yeah, they signed. moved up. 
Right. So, like, think about that. Like, mm-hmm. so I was like, I, I see this dude get interviewed, and this dude did a tryout the year before. Okay. And I see him talk with one of the NXT dudes who was just happened to be there. So I'm like, damn, maybe they're testing me. Maybe they're testing me to see if I'm gonna like be like hard to work with and right, know, right. Like yo, fuck if I'm on a bitch over. about yeah, losing, right, right. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, this is test because we all hear the stories about yeah, how they how things work there. Yeah. Like, right, you want to make sure you don't have an ego. Yeah, so I'm keeping that in mind. So I'm like, you know what? Let's let's talk to them and see if it's okay. Yeah. So they like, yeah, it's okay, it's fine. So I was like, all right. So he changed the finish and he winds up going over. And I'm just looking back now and I'm like, this dude wound up getting signed. <laughs> you know? But you know what? That's not and a bad what, thing, though. Because the, the main job, not, the, the, the main what? definition of your job is getting, not only protecting your opponent, mm-hmm. but getting him over, selling for him, yeah. and showing that you can still be strong mm-hmm. even in a loss. So if that guy needs yeah, yeah, yeah. hand and, raised, and, but yo, fuck it, I'll still get over. Yeah. I'll make him look good, but I'll still be stronger. Yeah. Same when I, I came in. And that's that's exactly what happened in the match. The match, mm-hmm. the match was solid. It was good. You know, yeah. positive feedback. You know, everything was... Like one point they liked it, you know, but I'm just thinking about like all the, all the bullshit that, that goes on there with the fucking like you know what it is, man. I was, just, like, I was like, man, I don't even know if I would even want to be there, honestly. Like I've been in the machine for mm-hmm. about four days. I see how things work here, mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't know, man. I would have to really think about it. And the machine's not a bad thing. I mean, if you get that it's not, machine it's behind not, you, man, you'll be making hand money hand over fist. But yeah, you got to sell your soul to the devil. And to change who you are, you won't have creative. You won't be the same boofer going in. You might be able to sprinkle some of your own shit in there and say, oh, I got yeah, an idea, but-, but let me go read your script. Let me see what you got planned for me. And they, they take ownership of your soul, not just your character, but your fucking soul. And I've heard a lot of people go in there and they, they see the problem like, you know what, I'd rather because the problem is, is that WWE or NXT or even AEW at this point, they're no longer yeah. territories, they're corporations. Mm-hmm. And they, they have to answer to their investors, their stockholders. They've got to talk about the profits and the, the margins. It's got to stay in the black all the time. And they're like, yo, what's yeah. going on? So it's got nothing to do with your work rate or your promo. It's got to do with how much you bring value to the company. And guaranteed, yeah. I know you would bring value. Oh yeah. But at that <laughs> moment, it's just a matter of, you know, maybe it's better for you. Maybe it's better that you didn't go there because you wouldn't still be the guy that you are. Or maybe you would have had a, a one-year run. They're like, yeah, you know what? We're doing house cleaning after Mania. 25 people. Yeah, be go. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> True, man. Everything happens for a reason, man. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, hey, I guess it wasn't the, the right time. Man. What about the other promotions, though? I mean, I mean, it's been... 15 years, let's say, since cyberspace, and you had met Rhino at that time. He's giving you Terry Taylor's yeah. number. Um, you had the experience at the Performance Center. No other promotions, AEW, TNA, uh, MLW, Ring of Honor, no, nobody reached out to give you some TV time? No. Oh, fuckers. I have friends in um, AEW, so they're like, if you're in the States, man, you know, we could get you a match, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know that 
you don't know until what happens, man. I don't believe no, anything until happens in wrestling, you know? No, you, you're right. But I, I, but I, I have a lot of friends there, so I don't uh, see why it wouldn't happen, you know? <laughs> no, of course. And, and, you know, we were talking about that with Papa Don, too. I'm like, dude, how come you haven't yeah. cast in the favor, man? I mean, there's a handful of guys, you being one of them, Papa Don being another one, who I, yeah. I, I'm constantly saying, give you guys <laughs> 60 seconds of TV time and it'll either mm -hmm. change your life or change theirs, all right? Because... That's all you need. You just need to be out there connecting with the fans. When that red light goes oh, yeah. on, you bring that character to life. You say, look at the value mm -hmm. here. Think of all the merchandise you're going to sell. Look how I connect with the fans. Look how I can be your brand ambassador. And there's so much that you bring. You're not just a, you're not a wrestler. You're a performer, which is yeah, yeah. what makes you great. Yeah. And from when I met you in those cyberspace days, man, yeah, dude, I don't know. You were weighing what, like 97 pounds with rocks in your pocket? And you're not, dude, you're all just, yo, they just said you were 215. I said, there's no fucking way he's 215. I'm 186 and I'm only 5'5". Five five. Yo, yo, all right, all right. That, that's, that's a, it's a little exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, what are you, 230, 235? The, the most I, I was, I was, yo, the most I've weighed, and this was maybe a few months ago, I was 240. Oh shit! All right. I was two forty, but now I'm dieting because uh -huh. I like to be shredded. I like to have my ass right, popping, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all the definition back. Mm -hmm. So I'm cutting back down. So I think I'm about right now. I'm probably about two twenty. Okay. Okay. And I'm gonna so, cut. A, I'm gonna cut about. I say about fifteen. All right. So you're gonna pounds, slim down even further. But you can get definition yeah, I'm gonna slim though. Down. So Dude, yeah, you yeah, get that thing to pop now. <laughs> Yo, you're thick. Yeah, and, man. But you still move like a lightweight. You look like a heavyweight, but you move yeah. like a lightweight. <laughs> yeah. I got to keep the agility, man. And it's yeah, only going to get better once I once I start to cut the body fat. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to get faster <laughs> and start jumping higher like I used right, to. Right. Like, it's only going to improve once I start cutting the body fat down. I get back down to like a nice, slim, trim, shredded 200 pounds, 205. Okay. Well, you, yeah. just, you keep eating. I, I heard you on Todd D's podcast. You keep eating that fucking chicken <laughs> from 7-Eleven. Yo, that, that'll, yeah, you had the fucking the oh. diarrhea. For, for days <laughs> those, days are, those days are done. Those days are done, luckily. <laughs> yo, don't eat that before a match. Right? Yo, Bobby, we got to take this home early. <laughs> uh, I don't. Yo, that's one reason why I don't eat before I wrestle. Nah. And I told people that, and they're like, they get so so surprised. I'm like, oh yeah, you want to shit on yourself in the match? Yeah, you get like, the bubble guts in the no. ring. Like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. I know a lot of people who had the you know unfortunate situation where you know, dude, you that get happened. dropped, <laughs> you get dropped on the suplex here. <laughs> what, what oh, the fuck? Man. <laughs> you take it home. A take kitchen, it home. man. You catch a kitchen sink. Yo, a nice sharp kitchen sink. Uh -uh. Ooh, you're done. Yo, once I'm the bubble guts kick in, in the match. match is over. <laughs> That's I refuse it. to shit on myself as a grown man and they got their wrestling match. It is not happening at all. No way. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> no of which, so I, I, I was checking out there. I want to talk about the evolution of, of Bufa, um, okay. but but the outfit. I love the outfit, but and, and I know you Thanks, mentioned man. this on Toddy's podcast. You got the saggy pants. Are those drawers yeah. or are those stitched in? Those stitched in. They stitch. All right, cool. Because yeah. I'm like, yo, psychology, yeah. wrestling psychology. If I'm if I'm if I'm your opponent, I'm pulling yeah. your fucking pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. Wobble around now, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. They stitched in. And I, I, I like oh, that yeah. you got the Louis V's on under there too. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that. You caught on to it. That's one thing. Like with my gear, mm -hmm. I love when people catch on to the little things. Yeah. You know. 
and looking through, saying, "Oh, you got you got a beeper." Like, yeah, beeper. That, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Hell yeah, the little things. I'm about. I'm all about the details, the little details, man. Man, so so how Boys. how old are you? What what year were you born? Eighty three. 83. All right. So yeah, really didn't experience the evolution of hip hop. So for you to, to create this character, like based yeah, on if you, I, were, I was you're, around there, of course, right, you know? Yeah. But I mean, if, if, if you're talking about like, like your, your youth years where you're, you're being influenced and you're really coming I, into yeah, your own, I didn't, I didn't that'd be 10 years later in the early nineties. Yeah. I didn't get so, to go out to the concerts and all that. Right, and right. <laughs> So, I mean, you're talking like naughty by nature, you're talking uh, Onyx, you're talking, you know, you're, even DMX ooh. later on. But you went back yeah. further to LL and run DMC. Oh, yeah. Why those oh, guys? Oh, yeah. Those were like the, the first rappers I ever heard, like their music. Mm -hmm. They was like the, like, they had so, they were so big at the time, man. Like, even if you wasn't watching like video music box, mm -hmm. you seen them in a commercial or something. Right. And you heard their music without even trying to, you know, uh -huh. flicking through the channels, you would see them. And it's like, oh, these guys are cool. They got the big gold chains. Right, you know? right. I was attracted to the gold chains because, you know, my moms and my uncle, they was in, they was in the game, if you oh, know what were. I mean. All right. So, you know. Hustling out there? They had the money, yeah. you know what I mean? The friends and, mm -hmm. you know, everybody would chill come over to the house, you know, bring me toys, and uh -huh. they be rocking that big gold rope chains and the right. leather pants, leather jackets and stuff. So that was things, that, that was stuff I grew up on, man. Yeah, and I'm yeah. seeing this on TV with like Run DMC, L.O. Cool J, and I'm like, oh, man. And I was, I love to see the trains filled with graffiti. Mm -hmm. My mom's just taking me to school and stuff. I'm like, yo, this is so cool. I was like, I just like, Go outside and chill with these guys, you know, but I'm too young. <laughs> Ever tag up back in the days? No. You never man, went tagged? Oh, man. I wasn't I wasn't old enough, man. That, that fizzled out by the time I was old enough to to do it. Okay. And and another thing too, at the time, they wouldn't sell spray paint to um people under 18. So right, I couldn't right. even get it. Yeah. I wanted even... to. Not even with the yeah. Sharpie markers, just getting a tag name and tagging up? Yeah, yeah. We used to, I used to tag up like the, the, what was your the, gimmick school, name? the school tables and all that. Right, right. What was your gimmick uh, name? Smooth Dog. S smooth Dog? It was smooth. I wanted it to be Smooth Dog, uh -huh. but I couldn't, I couldn't spell smooth <laughs> correctly, so it was smooth. smooth. <laughs> it was Smooth Dog. <laughs> I used to tag up my um the inside of my closet and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mom used to get so pissed. I would be tagging up my door, my bedroom door and stuff. Like, I was tagging everything up. Yeah, I, I started tagging when I was eight years old. My babysitters um, used to bring over their boyfriends. Oh, they were break dancers. They had the windbreakers ah, and the nice. shit, beatboxes. So we'd be tagging up. And I didn't have a tag name, so I was just burning my name, <laughs> Derek. Bah, bah, bah. And oh, my mother beat man. the shit out of me. But, yo, till this yo. day, I still write everything, capital letters, like I'm tagging. And I'd rather write in markers than with pens. Everything's Sharpie mark with me. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love tagging. Oh, man. I, yeah, I used, to, I, man, I used to tag up everything, man. Yeah. Building, uh -huh. hallways, staircase, yep. and all that. That was nah, a smooth dog. All right. Smooth dog. And I said, yo, you know what's crazy? That's the first time I ever told that story. Yeah. On air. And that's the first time anyone's ever even asked me that. Right. You know? <laughs> my mom still, my mom still. <laughs> 
It calls me that sometimes. It's hilarious. <laughs> smooth That's dog. Shit, like, like, where the hell I get smooth dog from? Yo, it's funny though because, like I said, you, I'm a pro. I was born in '75, so I remember yeah. the beginning of hip hop. I remember hearing music because my parents were into like you know salsa music, disco, all this. So I grew up on everything. <laughs> and then one day I hear that I'm like, yo, that's different. That's rhyming. That that's that's something else. I heard Sugar Hill Gang. Um, I heard um, you do I like the evolution of hip hop. <laughs> trying to get into it, I'm trying to learn new things, and somebody's like, yeah, yeah, that's rock and roll. I'm like, I don't know what that is. So I go to camp. <laughs> And my boy who lived in the building next to me, he's walking me over. He's a couple of years old. He's like, yo, what kind of music oh. you listen to? I'm like, yo, rock and roll. He goes, nah. you listen to hip hop? Like, what's that? He goes, two years ago, a friend of mine. I was like, that's that shit. That's that shit right there. Oh, man. <laughs> yo, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a product nah, of that was the best, man. Beat Street, the shell tops with the 45-inch thick laces, and you tuck them in, man. And I see you bringing it back. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I know you're not oh, my yeah. So for you to go back and bring those old school gems back, an old cat like me appreciates that shit. Oh, man. Thank you. I, I'm just... I'm living it now because I couldn't, like, live it back then. Mm-hmm. And I wish I was old enough to fully experience, like, great dancing and Yo. tagging and, you know, the concerts. Oh. Just, like, I love I loved the, the 80s, man. I love the 80s. I love the 90s. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's something about that that looked the look of the 80s, like yeah. the 70s, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the look of New York City in the 80s and how Different. live and grittiness to it. Full it's of funny. life and it's gritty and raw. I probably I had that, a mustache man. since I was like 11 years old or whatever the case was. So I used to be able to go to 40 Deuce and go into the peep shows, the 25 cent peep shows. Oh, and then I'm like, yo, I, I did that all through high school and all through college yeah. and like that. And then they flipped it to Disney. I'm like, yo, this ain't, I used to like the hookers up there. And then the Grindhouse movie theaters oh, where for $5, you're getting a horror, a Western and, and, and some other shit on the, the, the Grindhouse yeah. film theaters, man, where the fucking seats are all sticky and broken up and there's cracks and cigarette burns in the screen. <laughs> Yo, I love that shit. Damn, man. This is, <laughs> those days are gone now. Man. They are, man. But I'm glad you, you, you give it a throwback to it, too. And like I said, um, you're born in 83. So figure, give it a 10-year gap. So 93, hip-hop change. Everything's baggy pants and tickling oh, yeah. boots and stuff. So for you to come back with the Kangos, the Gazelles, the big yeah. ropes, mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, he is taking it back. And then yeah, the boombox, because the boombox is a character in itself. The boombox got its own missing piece. So how did how did you how'd you incorporate the boombox into it, and where'd you find one? All right. So after all money is legal, we started the house party. Uh huh. And this this was because of Japan. You know, we changed our you know names and our music. And at the time, we were like super babyface because all money is legal. We're kind of like. A little rough around the edges, you know. Yeah, he wasn't super baby face. We could go either way, mm-hmm. and plus with the name as well. So after Japan, we're like, man, we had to be more animated out there. So when we came back, we was like, let's switch it up, man, because we got these kids in the crowd chanting "Push a Murder." Right. We want to be a, a a positive product of our environment. Mm-hmm. We ain't want to like. Play off of like the drug dealing and right, right. you know the pimping and all that. <laughs> and the so business we changed changes to family the friendly, party. so it's yeah, hard yeah. to get signed when that's, you like. That's hey. not thing. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's what that was up here. That's what was in our mind. We was trying to go to the next level, mm-hmm. be more family friendly. Mm-hmm. So we're big fans of Kid and Play. So yeah. it was a originally it was a takeoff of Kid and Play, the house the party house party movies. But we didn't want to commit to the big. <laughs> yeah, you want the ice ahead. Yeah, at the time we had, you know, we have the corn rolls and stuff. Uh-huh. So we like, ah, for the indies, we can't commit to this hairstyle. It's like if we get signed and we got the money behind us and we're on TV, of course, we'll go all in. So we said, all right, let's just take the name, but let's do something like a run DMC, you know, with the Adidas, you know, mm-hmm. do the LL Cool J one leg rolled up. Right. Get the big chain. Big dookie rope chain. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's switch out the kick pads and go with the Adidas. Because nobody was really wearing sneakers at that time. Mm-hmm. To rest with. Now everybody's wearing freaking sneakers. Yeah. So one thing we was missing was the boom box. I was like, we need a boom box. That's going to be the, the selling point right there. So I'm looking on like eBay for the boom box that I have now. Is the one I always wanted because I had one of those back in the days. Yeah, back then. But it was so expensive on eBay. So I had to settle for like this little silver one. We we went through like at least like four boom boxes by the time I actually got the one I wanted, which was a replica. It was a Lasonic mm-hmm. that they started making back in like 2000 and like, I think, nine. Okay. But you was able to put your iPhone inside the boombox, inside the um, tape deck. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was the, like the old school replica version. Yeah. So once we saw that, we copped it. And man, I had a, I've had it ever since. And I had that in like 2009 to now, man. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's, it's your manager. It's your mascot. It's a part of the yes, whole image. Man. Without that, without the boombox, there's no boofer. Which, which I think, oh. like I said, you come out with that. That's that's like Frankie yeah, the Bird. Man. That's like Matilda the Dog. Yes, that's sir. Like, yo, yes, you're coming yes. Out this so you never thought about putting your own music into the boombox? You come out to your own tracks? We used to. You did? Okay. We used to do that. Yeah, yeah. We used to do that. But you know, the, the boombox is, is just like the original. It takes 10D batteries <laughs> and it kills the batteries within right. like a half an hour. It's funny so that it was you say to- that. So it was hard to get time, the batteries sometimes. First time I see you running the gimmick, right? I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. LL. But then I see the boombox, and I'm like, yeah. fuck LL. That's Radio Raheem from Do the Right Thing. Yeah, <laughs> man. And I'm picturing yeah. you in China, like, yo, 20D batteries. D, motherfucker, D. Yeah. <laughs> D battery. Like, <laughs> yo, that's crazy, because the, the last time I actually, like, Turned it on uh-huh. and had it playing was in Hong Kong. Okay. This was about this was about three years ago. So I had to go find the D batteries. It was so hard to find those batteries. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I was able to find them. And man, I put that damn <laughs> thing on. Oh, man. Smoke was coming out of it. <laughs> I was like, click. <laughs> Let me yeah. turn that off and 
and let it rest until it's time to go out. <laughs> yeah, you know what the good thing about the gimmick though is that is that you could work either baby face or heel. Obviously, the baby face works oh, yeah. you get the crowd mm-hmm. into it. But I mean, later yeah. on, you end up mm-hmm. turning heel. You get the Radio Raheem four four finger rings of love and hate, and then you just start putting them on like like they're your foreign mm-hmm. object. You're leaving the imprint in their forehead or hitting them with the boombox or some shit like that. Yeah, dude, there's so much that you can do with that gimmick because oh, the gimmick is still hood. Oh hell yeah. It's, man, it's it's 80s hood. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's that hood hood. <laughs> so how are they responded to that in China? I mean, do they, do they understand what 80s hip hop was like? Do, do they appreciate the effort that you're putting into that character? Some of them do. Some okay. of, yeah, some of them do. Because yeah. it's a young audience. I say more of the older generation. Yeah, right. more of the older generation. Okay. Maybe, you know, they come up to the oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they say radio. Older generation do, and some some of the younger generation too, because you know they they go back in time as well and mm-hmm. check out like the old movies, the old videos and stuff. Right, right. So people people know what it is and what it represents. That's good. Which is which is it's great. You know, I'm glad they understand. What about the what promos? You, you, the able communi- you able to connect with them through your promos, even though it's a different language, it doesn't get lost in translation. Yeah, if it's on. If it's on Blast Off, MKW Blast Off, it's translated. Okay. But I don't I don't cut promos like in ring promos or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Because like fuck's he saying? Yeah, because <laughs> they'd be like, what the hell are you saying it? Yeah. And yeah. if they have a translator there, that'd be kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking after them. <laughs> yeah, right. Or they're talking right. after me like, ah, so and so, so and so. Then I gotta right. stop and they have them translate that. That's like and it's smart because you come into the ring, you're like, all right, you're not going to understand me trying to cut a promo to sell you on this match or why I got beat yeah. by my opponent, but let's go with the hey, oh. And they're like, yo, yeah. we all say hey, oh, right? So mm-hmm. get them engaged. Or do the man. strut, you right, know, right. strut around engaged. and stuff. <laughs> I see vibes of like, you know, like I said, Coco Beware, Junkyard Dog, where you're going around yes, the ring, you're huh? dancing with the fans, you're making them a part of the, of the match itself, man. And it, it's over. What are you doing? That's in terms what I grew up on, man. What are you doing with merchandise? Are, are you selling the booth thing? You got T-shirts, foam fingers, anything? It, it's, it's coming. It's coming soon. It is? It's coming soon. I was, I had so many different um, ideas mm-hmm. lined up, ready to go. But the pandemic happened or the factories closed down. Yeah. So I had to put it on hold. But okay. being that everything is back up and running, I'm, I'm getting things worked out. Dude, if you're still in music, you start passing out those mixtapes. Like, ah, hear my shit, hear my shit. <laughs> yeah, man, I might have to get, get my brother to make a, make me an album or something. Or ghost write for me. <laughs> so, so you, you were, you, you're one of the, you know, the, the big Americans there now. Like you said China's five years. It's, it's still in the infancy. You're one of the faces yeah, that you're familiar yeah. with now. You're now the oh, um, yeah. IBEW champion. Do they treat the wrestlers there the way they treat them in Japan? Do you have sponsors in, in China? Yeah, they do, but not as many as Japan. Okay. Like a lot of a lot of Japanese wrestlers, they have like their own sponsors. All right. You know, it's not like this is in Japan, you say sponsoring sponsors in Japan, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that you go yeah. out there, they give you a young boy, which was crazy because you say young yeah. boy in America, you think Michael Jackson and Catholic priests. Like, <laughs> I'm good. I don't need a young oh, boy. You keep that one, I'm good. <laughs> God damn. I ain't touching that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured it out on my own. I don't need that shit. I ain't touching that in more ways than one. Like, <laughs> but 
the sponsorships uh, are good though when you when you're out there because they oh, look yeah, yeah. they like your manager on the road and then you go out and they start mm-hmm. buying you dinner they take you to parties and shit like that so oh, how's that lifestyle? man it's amazing man yeah it's awesome how's the weed in like uh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> even if i didn't know i don't know you don't know i, mean, <laughs> I don't know We'll change the question. <laughs> massage parlors. I know you can get manicure, pedicures everywhere, but the massage oh, the shit. Amazing. Yeah, I can imagine. I get the Thai, I get the Thai massage. I need, I need, I need a big, a big lady to, you know, oh, you come in big and do work. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me the strong ones, you know, with the calluses on the hands. You oh, damn, I mean? you like that? The Rocky Road? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big boy. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> if you have like two twins on your back, just like you know, giving you the heels and shit. You want you want the calluses, the lady with the ooh, yeah, like sausage fingers. Come with it, come with it. This this one paying for man, come with it. Yo, man, I wanted man. to feel like a match. <laughs> Yo, so, so, <laughs> Get those submission holds on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and they do. They be putting me in surfboards and all that. Like, uh-huh. yo, they be doing like wrestling moves, and I'm just. <laughs> and it's crazy because they be trying to tell me how to position myself, and I'm already in. I'm already in the um hole. Right? Yeah, they got to the camel clutch. You're like, yo, <laughs> they be like, oh, they tap on my shoulder. Like, oh, oh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing everything for them. I'm putting them in holes. <laughs> I'm like, so I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, how much am I getting paid for this match? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not doing it right. Let me show you the correct yeah, right, technique. Right. <laughs> I'm giving them new moves to do. <laughs> you said your favorite rest of all time is one, two, three, kid, right? Yes. Oh yeah. When 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 did you discover wrestling? Was it around that time? The the mid early nineties? You saw him oh, and something just popped man. off the page. I'm, You're like, I gotta do that. I, I know about wrestling back in the eighties, okay, but I never connected with it. All right. I was I'm not I never like sat through a full match because like my sister cousins mm-hmm. like they weren't really into it so we didn't watch it. Yeah, I would like flip through the channels and, and this is at the time when you only have one TV. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I could right. watch anything I wanted whenever I wanted it. <laughs> so I would like we, they would be flipping through the channels. I come across wrestling, see it for like a few minutes, and uh-huh. that's it. But I was more into comic books and like action movies and girls. <laughs> Listen, ain't no the real Xbox, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, I wasn't into wrestling until 93. Okay. I got into it late, man. I thought yeah. wrestling was corny. I thought wrestling was corny. Yo, I didn't know what at wrestling first. was <laughs> at first. My friends were outside. They're like, yo, let's wrestle. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what's wrestling. And they yeah, yeah, like, I was what? like, oh, shit, all right. So I go to a video store, and I'm like, oh, look, Thunderlips and Mr. Mm-hmm. T must be fighting yeah. recognize him from rocky three and boom it was wrestlemania and i'm like oh shit and i realized yeah. like i'm a big boxing fan i love boxing but when i saw oh, me the, too. Yeah. i'm like all right yo they're in the ring no gloves they're doing shit they're jumping i saw ricky steamboat <laughs> jump off the top rope onto matt Bourne. i'm like Ooh, you can do that i was like then with the characters the promos i was like my big thing is i always want to yeah. be an artist. i want to be an actor i want to be a director me too. okay so then you know I, what I'm talking about. I was, yeah, athlete, I was a wrestler. Yeah. Athlete, you're going and they're like, all right, now I'm a character. I'm acting out. And this is play fighting. Yeah. So I'm a stuntman, basically. And dude, yeah. I fell in love with the business 
instantly. I mean, I still go to bed at night trying to book things in my head, even though I'm, I'm more than likely <laughs> not going to do anything else. But um, but there was something about it in the 80s that captured me. You caught, you caught the bug in, in the 90s. Things started yeah, to, at the first time. <laughs> they were going through that transition. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you weren't really into the larger than life guys. You were into like the smaller guys. Yeah, Brand, yeah always was, man. Champ. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was always into the smaller guys, the underdogs. Mm-hmm. Like, one, two, three kid was the first guy that got me hooked. Okay. You know, I knew about, I say one of the, the, the first, like, four wrestlers I, I knew about back in, like, the 80s was, like, Rick Rude. Because mm-hmm. I used to always do the dance right, to, like, yeah. my sister's <laughs> friends. When they would come over, I'd do the dance. <laughs> I knew about Jake the Snake because of Damien. Mm-hmm. I was track- I was attracted to that. I knew about the um the Bulldogs because I had the, like, big LJN The big rubber shits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And I had a Bret Hart, so I knew about... I know about the rockers, mm-hmm. but I didn't fully like get into wrestling. I knew about them because I either had the action figures, saw them maybe once, or had like a little wrestling card, right? Right, like you know, of the rockers doing like a double drop kick or something like that. So I knew them because of the items I had of them, <laughs> sure, <laughs> not because yeah. I was watching every week. But in '93, man, it was by accident. Me and my brother watching X Men, mm-hmm. they're playing a read one. So we're like, ah, man, let's just look for something else. We turn the channel and WWF Superstars was on. All right. And we're watching, like, oh, this is, this is dope. Yo, mm. Why the hell wasn't we watching this before? Yeah. You know, then when I saw one, two, three kid, I was like, yo, he's, he's like our size and our age. <laughs> and he's wrestling? <laughs> like, what the? Yeah, man. <laughs> he's beating guys. Yeah. Oh man, we, we were hooked. So let me ask we you a question. So once you got hooked and you got that bug, obviously yeah. you grabbed it and moved forward with it. But like when I caught uh-huh. the bug, I wanted to consume as much as I could. So I went backwards with it. So I started with Yo, the first... me too. Yeah, so I started grabbing That's all the policy and videos I can get. Yeah. Because they man. weren't major pay-per-views. It was only the first wow. WrestleMania. I'm watching yeah. the policy and videos. I'm watching house shows. And the matches they put in the house shows were better than what you had on pay-per-view. Oh, so I was yeah. just trying to consume as much product as I could and understand how we got to this point. Again, as being a movie storyteller, mm-hmm. I want to know yeah. where I'm coming from. Granted, in the 90s, I mean, right now, somebody tried to get into wrestling, nobody's going back <laughs> to the first WrestleMania. It's not happening. They'll watch that. They'll yeah, like, oh, yeah. I'm not a fan Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> you 10 years, less than 10 years, man, to where you yeah, man. and do all that research. So what, what did you like that was older? Man, uh... Like, WWF was the first, like, wrestling I've ever seen and knew about. So I would go down to my local video store mm-hmm. <laughs> around the corner. Because I used to always be there because they had, like, the um, arcades in there. So right. I would sometimes look at the videos, look at the um, the packaging and stuff like that and uh-huh. see wrestling and all that. But this is in Harlem or the Bronx? This is when I moved to the Bronx. I moved okay. to the Bronx in, like, 90. All right. In, like, 90, I moved to the Bronx. So this was in the Bronx, and man, I would go to the video store and I would get all WWF, like anything WWF, like yeah. the super tapes and mm-hmm. Coliseum videos, or the compilation ones. And man, I didn't care what year it was, who was wrestling. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. And I consumed it everything, man. 
Uh-huh. And I would go back and I would see like guys that had different gimmicks at the at the current time. Right. And I'd be like, wait, that's oh that's so and so. Yeah, yeah. What the I'd be, I'd be mind blown. I'm like, right. why is he why does he have a different name? Because I thought it was real. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? It, it's it's weird. I thought it was, like, I thought I, it was legit. I would pull up uh, WCW tapes. I'm like, yo, isn't that Kevin mm. Nash? Isn't that Scott Hall? Like, and this is when yeah, they were Diamond Stud and Oz and all this other shit. And I'm oh, like, wow, so man. they grew. And to me, it was mm-hmm. always like, um, like I'm a huge baseball fan too. So I would always look at, I would grab the Daily News and look at the matches yeah. in back. Who got traded to what team and all this. Other. So to uh, me, that was like, yeah. like the company swapping mm-hmm. talent. Like, yo, I'm trading you yeah. so and he's gonna, you know, we're gonna repackage him over here. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, I, I just fucking. Fell in love with it, man. And the storytelling was so rich, especially with Saturday morning wrestling, where you could build up a program for a certain amount of time. Um, so when when you finally decided to become a wrestler, you took your style from your original inspiration of the one, two, three kid, or, or yes. what really made all money's leave? Oh, yeah, I was well, I started off as one, two, three kid mm-hmm. clone. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is before all money's legal because. We wanted to be singles wrestlers first before we became a tag team because we knew, like, ah, oh, we have brothers, so we're going to team up eventually. Right. Let's, let's become, like, singles wrestlers first. Let's do it the other way around. Because mm-hmm. you see, like, the Rockers, you know, sort of as a tag team, then they right. became singles. But let's start off as singles, learn how to be singles wrestlers, then we'll connect later on, mm-hmm. become a tag team. So I was, <laughs> I was wrestling in, like, these... Red tights, <laughs> throwing spin kicks. Every spin uh-huh. kick, one, two, three kid did. I did. I'm doing flips and all this crazy. And you wrestling your brother and, in the house? Yeah, in the house. Yeah. But one, but when we um started, when we first came to the dog house, we were rent, we were rent out the ring. This before mm-hmm. we started training. Okay. Like a bunch of me and my boys, we would rent out the ring, ten dollars a head. Mm-hmm. We get the ring every Saturday from like. From like two to like six. Wow, for ten dollars. And we would do, yeah. We would Dude, do like cool. our little, we would, yeah. We would do our little like wrestling events. We call this small indies. World championship belts. Yeah, <laughs> we call we this small indies because at this time backyard wrestling was huge. Yeah, but we wasn't wrestling in the backyard. We was wrestling in the actual ring inside uh-huh. of a actual wrestling school. So we call this small indies. Mm-hmm. So we would do our little, you know, more indie shows and stuff like that. And my brother, he was always cast. He always was like the same, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So we used to wrestle each other a lot. So after a while, like a lot of other like guys our age found out about the dog house. So they started to come with their own little small indie companies. Yeah. And me and my brother used to wrestle on all of them. So they'll be running on a Friday, Saturday, Sundays and stuff like that. We was always wrestling each other, so of course we had a great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until we actually started training at the doghouse, they decided to team us up instead of having us as singles wrestlers. Right. And that's what led us to wrestling with the solution in our first tag team match. Oh no shit! Okay, at the doghouse. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Things yeah. come full circle. Look at that. You're in the winning mm-hmm. championship because they they couldn't make their fucking ride. And Yo, uh, I, that was your first match. I owed him a lot, man. Rest in peace, Harry. Oh my god, man. Yeah, we uh, love Sammy. Good guy, man. Solution guy. is they're like connected with me like this, man. Yeah, man. That's my career, man. That was the beginning. 
How, how's, the, how, how's the brotherhood in, in Japan and China? I mean, you know, you, you came up with guys in the doghouse. You worked the Indies in the Northeast. Yeah. You worked around town. But then you mm-hmm. go out there. Now you're the new kid on the block. You're an American, yeah. different language. How are you bonding with the other guys in the back? Great, man. Awesome. Yeah. Like, there was, when I went to Japan, there was a few other farmers there. Mm-hmm. Like, my boy Dylan James, my boy Bitman. You know, Dylan is from New Zealand. And uh, Bitman is from Hong Kong. So we like completely like hit it off. That's like family right there. We're still cool to this day. We're super tight. So I never had a problem like connecting with anybody, no matter where I've gone. Like connecting with people and like building these great relationships have has been easy for me. Yeah, man. You know, it's I, almost like the military. I, I, You're in the trenches yeah, with these is. dudes. You gotta watch each other's back, especially in a foreign land. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's even a tighter connection when there's other foreigners there too, mm-hmm. because you know we're the foreigners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of foreigners there who was like ass kissers, so they were always trying to kiss up to yeah. you know, the Japanese guys, and those were the guys that we would just like brush off and basically run out of the damn company. Right, right. Sleeze boards, man. Like, yeah, they, they convinced that they're gonna uh, sell out the Tokyo Dome one day. And it's just like, yo, dude, yeah, like, come on, bro, stay like, in your lane. Nah, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, stay in your lane. Like, we've been here for you can see it way before you, uh-huh. you know, we built our name, and you coming in like you're a big shot, and you're over here trying to play the political game. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been here for like all these years, and we're not even playing that game. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So you want to come in here and try to play that game, and like. Step on our toes and like try to get a position above us that you haven't mm-hmm. even put in any work. Like, nah, yeah, there was man. a few situations like that in Japan, you know, with guys yeah. that were coming in. It's like, oh man, I just I got I got sick of it after a while because they were like bring these guys in and we we recommending all these like great wrestlers for them to bring in and they're just bringing in some random dudes. Okay, and those no those guys want to take the top spot on the card. Like, yo, I came in, it was an invite. Yeah, they must think I'm special. And, yo, dude, get the fuck. And on top of that, like even if they even if they were cool, mm-hmm. they didn't have the experience and they really weren't that good. They didn't yeah. deserve to be there. Honestly, yeah. man, I I got there like 10 years after I was wrestling, you know, putting in work. Right. And I still came in humble and you know, willing to learn, want wanting to learn. I wanted to come there and go through the, you know, dojo system, you know. Mm-hmm. Wrestling every day and you know training every day. I wanted to go through all of that. I wanted to earn my way, but some of these other guys would come in and they didn't want to train, or even if they train, they can't even get to the damn training session. They can't even get to the warm ups. It's like, come on, this guy got this golden opportunity and he's just like shit in the bed. So does that help you out though with management when they see you holding your own? They're like, yo, listen, he's not here to play the politics game. Oh yeah, got, these guys can't hold it. He ran them out of here. Yeah. All fucking mouth, no action. But you know, he's mm-hmm. for just being a veteran. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely, man. They, they, they saw it, man, and mm-hmm. you know, they would give me positive feedback on that okay. because they like I never like try to push. Push it on anybody, you know? Yeah. I was never like talking about, oh, I've been in this business for this amount of years and like carrying myself like I'm some like prison vet, right. you know? Yeah. Because I, I, I wasn't, you know? And so what if I have more experience than this guy? I'm not going to like treat him like shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to treat you the way you treat me. 
Right. It's just that a lot of these guys will come in with these big heads because all oh, I'm in Japan now, you know? And that's the thing. Like a lot of these dudes, they, they feel like the invite is the big thing. Like I'm, I must have been some big shit in the stage because they wanted to bring me over here and pay me that big money. I'm like, no, dude, mm-hmm. you, you make your shit. You speak it in the ring. Do it with your work. Yeah. Do it with your body, your work. Do it with how you put the people over, how you work with yeah. the crowd, how you make money for this business. Because mm-hmm. you know what? Guaranteed people are buying tickets. They may not be yeah. buying a ticket to see you, though. Big oh, difference. yeah. Yo, that is, is so true. And I, I used to always say, man, it's not about how you got here mm-hmm. or you getting here. It's about what you do when you are here. Yeah. Because a lot of guys done had tours to Japan, but they were like one tour. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. and a lot of them do a damn thing. Like nobody remembers them or cares about them. A lot of them they need to get their invite back. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so it's like it don't mean nothing. It's, and it's not the same as it was in like the nineties and eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, like guys were getting invites to zero one like crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, God, man, why? It's watering down the damn, the damn product, man. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, it's so just fun, bad. man. Sometimes they just need a new face to feed to their big names over there. So, like, all right, bring this guy in. Yeah. You're on a good match, but two months, you're out. We don't need you again. Yeah. I mean, but you've held your own there. And you made a home for yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've mm-hmm. made a business. And by staying out there, granted, you know, the body only has so many bumps on the car. Yeah. But you want to open yeah. a dojo out there. That, that's that's the ultimate goal. If you don't get signed by yeah. the big leagues, you want to open up and start mm-hmm. training people out in in uh, in China, China, oh, Japan. Yeah. China. Open, in China, the dojo. Okay, that's cool. yeah. That you it, like it there. Okay, it, it's it's gonna happen. I'm already like got the feet to pavement. You yeah. know, good. I'm taking I'm taking a few steps. You know, is this? I know it's gonna be tough. It's overwhelming because it's yeah. a new territory for me. But I have a lot of people that are interested in helping me out sponsorships you know investing yeah so it, it's gonna it's gonna happen like i'm not too focused on signing with the big company mm-hmm. it, it's not the end or be all for me like i i've signed with multiple companies overseas yeah i i've already made it man honestly this is like what i've done in the past like 10 years like Living in different countries, wrestling in different countries is what I always wanted to do. I always had this vision in my head. And and this is the funny I thing. Always wanted that. Over the last couple of years, I mean, granted, you you can say it goes back to when when Vince McMahon purchased WCW. Like, all right, now he's monopolizing yeah. business. He's the only mm-hmm. game in town. He's the only guy you can work for. Now people are branching yeah. on. The indies have more value. The indies are getting streaming service deals. Um, oh, yeah. TV is really big. YouTube is even bigger yeah. now. Um, it's almost like like being in the rap game. You can go into business for yourself, not in the negative mm-hmm. way, but but where you can promote yeah. yourself, you can run your own shows, you can make your own money. And a lot of these guys don't <laughs> want to give up that freedom of being who they are to sell themselves out to a major corporation who will literally chew you up and spit you out when you can't earn Ooh, a return for them anymore. So you don't have to validate yourself to the likes of WWE. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be a great opportunity. To oh, have that on your resume and say, hey, course, WWE superstar, that would be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> but you don't necessarily need it in 2021. Yeah, I don't. Business has I, changed. I don't. It, it has so much. And I love my freedom, man. Mm-hmm. I really love my freedom. I don't take it for granted. Like I said, I've been under contract and I know it's not something that we sort of cracked up to me. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, contract, contract, contract. 
gonna make all this money, I'm gonna be this big star. And it's like, no, a contract is like handcuffs, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can go where you wanna go, when you wanna go, you can do what you want, how you wanna do it, how you wanna work. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, handcuff. Let me, I, I hope down, you don't man. mind me asking, but you're able to earn a good living out there as a wrestler. You don't have to work a day job. You're wrestling full time. Yeah, I that's, never, that's I job. never, yeah, I never had yeah. to work. Uh, I never wanted to, honestly. Yeah. I never wanted to. Like now with the pandemic, it made me expand my horizons because <laughs> I had to, to make money because wrestling was not sure. as consistent as it was before. Yeah, it wasn't so pandemic. I started. Yeah, mm-hmm. I started doing uh, doing commercials out here. I started doing voiceover work. And, and you said you want to be I, an actor, so this is yeah. Mm-hmm. When you show them your body of work as a, as a wrestler and cutting promos and the character you are, like, oh shit! Well, he knows how to entertain oh, yeah. the crowd, and that helps out with the mm-hmm. uh, with the commercial. Group, yeah, right? it does, okay. man. Like me and my girlfriend have a clothing a clothing company. Okay. Failunion.com. Uh huh. And I've been doing a lot of a lot of work with her, mm-hmm. you know, because she's into like she went to school for directing, you know, she's directed commercials in like Japan and the States, India. Mm-hmm. She's in advertising, brand marketing. Oh, look at you. So man. she, she <laughs> yeah, she, she she's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, That's so good, she's man. been she's been helping me out with like uh, the voiceover work, getting me like okay. jobs, doing voiceover work and commercials. And you're doing so that, that helped out a lot. You're doing it in American language or, or Chinese language? Oh yeah, yeah, American. Yeah. Okay, yeah, American, okay. American. Yeah. How's how's so, the man, um, the entertainment great. industry out there? I mean, like, or there production companies where they're doing like uh, Chinese movies or Asian films or anything like that? You can be a oh, part. Oh yeah, of? they always doing films. Okay, they always doing films. I might have an opportunity <laughs> for. Some acting work soon. Okay. Yeah, coming up soon. Yeah, so there's some opportunity. There's a lot of opportunities here for me, man. I just, I'm such a wrestler. You know, I want to keep it wrestling. Yeah, yeah, man. (laughs) But, you know, with the pandemic, I'm not working as much. So I'm just like, all right, let me do everything I said I wanted to do when I retired. Yeah. That I can do now because I have a little more free time. So that's why. I'm getting like the ball rolling with starting my own promotion and dojo, mm-hmm. as well as doing like the acting work. So outside Before, of the dojo, like things start picked up. Outside of the dojo, you want to run and promote. You have your own promotion as well, run shows. Yeah, I mean, you bring yeah. that American business sense, and you know how to work with these these. Mm-hmm. You've been around the people who have made that, it to the top. Yeah, you bring that knowledge and experience there. You can clean oh, house. Yeah. Yeah, before the connections I have all around the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. And you know, man, that, that's the funny thing is you and I both know you're from the Bronx. I'm from Brooklyn. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we're from these little places. You're proud to be from there. But it's not until you literally step out of there. Dude, I moved from, from New York to, to Tampa. And I was like, holy shit. You move yeah. to another part of the world and you start to realize no. how small where you came from, how small that place is, and how much opportunity there is globally. A lot of people get mm. stuck in their head that, yo, I'm, I'm the best in the Northeast. Oh, the Northeast man, ain't no shit. Way. You're on it's another fucking not. continent it's... in a different land with a different language and different people, and you're succeeding. There's opportunity out there. You got to be willing to go out there and take oh. it. And, I, dude, I respect you so oh, yes. much for that. Thank to you. go out there and say, you know what? 
the world is such a big place, man. They say it's small. That shit is huge. And to get that it's global huge, audience behind man. you, man, dude, that takes balls. It, it does. Not everybody's that. cut out and, for that. Oh, definitely not. You, you, e- you could have easily <sighs> just laid back in your comfort zone of working the Indies, working the Northeast, doing that. Be, being the That's like when they say, oh, I'm the local DJ. Oh, you local? All right, guys. Remember Juice? Oh, you local. <laughs> like, yeah, you, that's <laughs> one of my favorite movies, bro. Dude, I love oh, you it. just local. Yeah, they want to be a local celebrity, man. but now you're a global celebrity, man. And it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's all your hard work and the risk. And it's crazy, man, because I don't get enough credit for that. I don't get the spotlight put on me that I should. I'm mm-hmm. one of the only wrestlers that's been able to make a living overseas in different countries mm-hmm. most go to like just, just japan and they stay there right look at all the places i've lived in wrestling mm-hmm. and i'm from new york city i'm from the northeast but you don't see these like these you no know, uh content creators out here mm-hmm. giving me that spotlight like they do other guys that nobody's ever heard of mm-hmm. and i'm like Yo, you hate me that much? Yeah. You hate us for real? Dude. I'm like, I see some of the guys they profile, and I'm like, who is that? Like, right, right, yeah. I'm like, all these, all these big things I'm doing, and it's bigger than wrestling. I want to be that bridge. Yeah. From China to all these other countries. I want to have guys be able to come to China. You know, make a living like I have, you know, experience this and have guys from China go to these other countries and experience. Like, I want to open up these doors for everybody, man. It's not just about me. I'm not selfish. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Dude, you're the I'm founding father. to all these places for a reason, man. You're legit so open a founding up these doors in China. Because like I said, these dudes like to live in their comfort zone. And, and they mm-hmm. wouldn't take the opportunity. They would wait for a guy like you to be there than to call you like, yo, bro, can you get me booked? Like, no, nah, no, nah, dude, yeah. you went out there and you, you made it your own. You made I had to put in that, I had to put in that groundwork, man. Yeah. It's, it's not just for me, man. It's for everybody. When it's all said and done, people are really going to understand mm-hmm. why I left my comfort zone and drew course into the wind. Let me ask you a question. I know you got the girl. What yeah. if one day it, it, it happens where you end up like your brother, you got little ones running around, little boofers. I mean, how does that stall your progress? Because, you know, the, the clock don't go backwards. You're not going to get younger at some point. You want to grow the family yeah. in some way. But yeah, and I what, what does that do <laughs> to, to you? I mean, how does how does that does your, your girl have an understanding that maybe one day as things get bigger, as you become a promoter, you got to go globally and you take your tour from China to Japan or Australia to wherever? She, hey, she knows. Yeah. I mean, she, she's living like a bunch of different countries as well, working just like okay. me. That's why we click mm-hmm. because she's lived in the States. She's lived in Harlem. Oh, really? <laughs> she's, yeah. She's lived in Cali. She's lived in Japan. Okay. And she, she only moved to these countries for work, mm-hmm. just like me. So she understands the grind. Like, we understand each other, you know? So she will understand. Like, let's say that happens or when it happens, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a problem, okay. you know? Of course, I'll have to take some time more from, like, the wrestling. But hopefully, like, by then, I'll have my 
company up and running. Right, right. So I could just sit back and chill. You'll be you know delegating. I mean? Yeah. Because I'm still gonna be touring. Yeah. yeah. I'm still like I'm still gonna be touring when my promotion is running shows. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. be on every show. Right. I'm still gonna be doing me. <laughs> yeah. But if it happens, a little one comes during that time, cool. I'll just sit back and I'll no, I'll play the promoter. <laughs> so let me ask you, you you've been out there two years. That's the home. How are you staying connected with the pop culture changes in the States? So that way, as time goes on, your gimmick yeah. can transition so they can understand, they can, you know, they can relate to what's going on. Are you staying in, 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 uh, you watch movies, you listen to music, you seeing uh, things that are changing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm connected. Okay. I don't watch, I don't watch much, I don't watch any current wrestling really. Yeah, outside of my boys and stuff, uh-huh. or like some of the um, some of the guys that send me stuff, mm-hmm. like some of the um, students, because yeah. I do like online coaching. Okay. Yeah, I do online coaching with my boy, Luke King Sharp. He has an um, online dojo. All right. So I do online coaching. I told all the guys, like, Yo, send me your stuff, man. I don't care what it is. Send me your matches, your promos, and I'll give you feedback. You know, so I watch their stuff and I might come across like some current stuff from like WWE, AEW, yeah, TNA. Yeah. Only because it's on my news feed. I'm not looking for it. Right, right. Yeah, dude, I'm the so same some, way. I, yeah, I won't... something catches my eye. I'll watch it. It's only like what, 30 seconds or something. Not, uh, I, I, I haven't watch watched the pay per view in almost two years. Um, I, I gave Yeah, me, me too. It's, 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 it's like they say, it's not the girl I fell in love with. She's, she's changed now. It's, it's just. Different. I say that too. I'm like, I, it's not what I grew up on. So yeah, I don't watch it, man. Yeah, man. Like, ah. So does that play a part in your, into your decision to not want to come back? Because you're like, well, if I come back, that's that's where you want me to work. I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> that plays a part too. Yes, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, no, that plays man. a part. But I, I'll say this, man. I'm, it's still a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm just not chasing it. Right, right. You know, I, I built up. A resume for myself that's very impressive mm-hmm. you know my work speaks for itself yeah it's not my job to go to you like can i get an opportunity where's mm-hmm. the talent relation people you know right <laughs> right yeah you're not a rookie man like, you've worked all globally these, they should yeah, say i've seen man. your stuff i've seen your links there's no reason you you don't have to go send especially, them the vhs and the headshot yeah. especially in social media age mm-hmm. Come on now, all my stuff is on Facebook, it's on right. Twitter, it's on Instagram. I post on Instagram every day, and I'm not posting pictures, I'm posting actual video matches and clips, dude. I was gonna say that. I mean, you're a marketing machine, not even just for I yourself, but for your pictures. promotions. Yes, and it could. I, I, I need to get a little better with it, mm-hmm. you know. That's why I've been doing a lot of podcasts, okay? Like, I've been on a roll, yeah. This one right here is probably podcast like. <laughs> number seven or eight. Oh yeah, I know. Like I two weeks. I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, damn, he's booked everywhere. <laughs> Yo, man, it's what like I woke up at seven a.m. to do this with you. Yeah, and I'm usually up at like ten. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, it's man. Just, it's your p.m. is my a.m. My a.m. is your p.m. Gotcha. So it's a twelve-hour difference. Yeah, man. Okay. So, well, good morning. I just been on the road. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning to you, and good night. Because <laughs> after this, it's going to be about damn, I don't even know what time, but it's going to be nighttime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. No, I hear, dude, I, I've seen yeah, you around. I, I know, you, I, going, I know you did Todd's podcast a couple of times. Yeah. I, I think you did, was you did Boogaloo's podcast? 
Yeah, Eddie Guapo and um Angel. Eddie Guapo and Angel, yeah. Yeah. So I'm booked to do Boogaloo's. Oh, that's uh, what it is, your book for okay, Yeah, I saw him mention that. Yeah, book for soon. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like I said, you've been doing the rounds now, which is good because, like I said, they, they got to know more about what's going on. I think that you mm -hmm. win the IBEW title, being the first yeah. champion there, helping promote a new promotion, talking about what you've already accomplished over there, but what your goals yeah. are in the future. So they don't just oh, say, yeah. oh, well, Marcelo's out there and he's just doing his fucking thing because he couldn't get work over here. No, 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 no. That's not the deal. Marcelo's out here no building a business. I am the business. It's like Jay-Z said, I'm not a businessman. Yeah. I'm a business. I'm a business. Man. Man. <laughs> right. Yo, and I, and that's another thing too, man, about the States, man. That's why, like, when I when I left Zero One uh -huh. and I moved back to the States, I wasn't taking a lot of um indie bookings. Okay. And the reason why is because, you know, these promoters, they remember me as K Pusher mm -hmm. or Cooley K. They remember me as a tag team wrestler. So I I haven't had a singles run in the States like that. So these promoters, they wasn't trying to pay me what I was making in Japan. Right. And they used the excuse of, oh, yeah, you was wrestling in Japan, but you got wrestling for all Japan. I'm like, come on, bro. So financially, it's not even worth it for you to come back. Yeah, I'm like. For what? Is I it $100 a show? Like, yeah, I'm like, come on, like, in Japan, I'm wrestling every day. I'm in the magazines. I'm on TV. I'm doing pay-per-views. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter where I'm wrestling. Look who I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling with some of the greats. I'm trained by some of the greats. Masato wow. Tanaka, former ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Hell yeah. Sanjiro Otani, the first WCW Cruiserweight Champion. You know, Kido Hodaka, like, he's one of the, these are like three of the best wrestlers in Japan, and right. they trained me. You know, I wrestled these guys. I teamed with these guys. I learned under these guys. And it's not about where you where you've been. It's about mm -hmm. what you do in the ring, yeah, what yeah. you bring to the table. So, like, come on, don't do that. Oh, oh you ain't wrestling for all Japan nonsense, or you ain't wrestling WWE, or you wasn't on two. Like, come on now. You Look also my work. learning the, the business work. aspects out there from from like like Tanaka, like understand so you can connect with the people yeah, there, yeah. not just in the ring. Oh, but yeah. listen, this is what they like to buy. This is where they want to put their money into. Here's how you would set up a show. Here are the, the strong markets. You're picking the, that knowledge up too. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I everything in education. Everything, man. Everything. That's why I was so popular and built this like good big fan base in Japan, man, mm -hmm. because of my interactions with the fans, like. I knew, I knew how to target them and, you know, how to sell myself to them. Mm -hmm. And, like, man, I had a lot of people, you know, giving me advice. And I was just, like, soaking everything in and applying it. So I was thinking about everything. There's politics out there, too, though. There's all that red yeah, tape. That. People out there, that's, there's other promoters that aren't yeah, trying to fuck your shows over. I mean, that's you, the reason why I left, man. <laughs> but but, but you know, you're making contacts me, out there to protect yourself. And, oh, and yeah. you're doing business the right way so you don't burn anybody saying, listen, we may be no, competitors. Because no. that's the way I try mm -hmm. to run cyberspace. I never want to have beef with another promotion, JPW. I'm like, yo, listen, we're all yeah. the same game together. Yeah, we're same, talent. Same we do boat, certain things. I'm not here to put you out of business. I'm here so we can do oh. the same thing. Um, that's all I eat together. Yeah, it's exactly enough right. money out here. The table, you know, yeah, I don't want to be no fat motherfucker over here. Just like, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just, you know, but but a lot of guys are they they see it as a threat. They they're afraid if you yeah. start doing better than them, then it takes more out of their pocket. Oh, um, and, and again, I'm not talking shit about JPW, but I remember we were nah. supposed to book Rhino. I had Rhino first. Rhino didn't even yeah. wrestle for us. Rhino did a run in in the cage match in Jeff Jarrett's cage. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They saw that they were like, "Yo, we're gonna make him our champ." I was like, "Ah, uh, what?" 
okay, make him your champ. I guess I can't dirty. do that. <laughs> but, dirty business. I'm like, fuck. Dirty business. Like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's no so dirty. At the end of the day, it's just, it's just like, yo, we're all trying to do the same thing. We all have the same dream. And, yes. you know, sometimes it's better to help lift each other up than to be kicking each other and stomping each other down. Because we're oh, yeah. Work, man. I would, I would like, rather network with people than, yeah. like, stomp them down, man. Like, step on their heads, step on their backs. That like, that's come back I, around. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I was able to, like, travel to so many different places because I networked my ass off. And it was something that it took me a while to learn, man, because I always looked at networking as, like, kissing ass. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my brother, we's not the ass kissers. We always got to go for our talent, you know, and yeah. hard work. That's how I always wanted to get it. So I always look at, like, uh, you know, Eddie Guapo was one of our, like, mentors, man, and he always let Guys got a network, got a network. Mm-hmm. It's not kissing ass. Get that out your mind. Yeah. Got a network. So once I was on my own in Japan, that's where I had to step up, man. Cause right. if if I don't start networking, man, I'm just gonna be stuck in the same position. Yeah. And once I started networking, man, and I was getting opportunities here, there, everywhere, you know. Have you gotten any calls from the States? Not indie wrestling, but I mean, somebody yeah. hired that might have seen what you're doing on social media, your lo- your recent matches, your championship wins. They say, yo, man, if you're ever back here, we'd love to have you. Yeah, some promotions. They have? Yeah. I mean, again, I have, not, not the yeah, indies, but like maybe somebody who might have but, some TV time. Nah. Nah, nothing. The only only time that happened was WWE. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and that was what, 2019? Yeah. You know, it's... it's I look at it as like out of sight, out of mind, even right. though I hate that because social media, mm-hmm. like people really can't say that, but I know that's how they think. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy, you man. It's like, like we mentioned before, um, and, and I always fucking go back to like 60 seconds. Even if you did a job match for Jungle Boy <laughs> on AEW, <laughs> you now you have the moniker of as seen on AEW. That's it. Yeah. And it, it's just one of those things where like just to have that that that, that little notch in your belt. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, what you bring to the table, I don't understand how these people don't see dollar signs in their fucking eyes. Everybody comes with their boombox. They give you your custom music. They'll have your brother rapping on it. He'll lead you to the ring with the microphone. You got a little foam boomboxes that you're passing out to people. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's so much enriched so in this marketable, man. that the so American marketable. audiences will get because this was a born and bred from an American idea, yeah. and they're missing out on that opportunity, and there's nobody and else this- like that. And this is why I keep on getting ripped off. Yeah. All Money and Sneakers is probably the most ripped off tag really? team ever. Yeah, you've seen a lot of yes, that? Yes, man. And well, even me are... now, as a singles wrestler. Yeah, they're ripping off Bufa? Like, there's a team in um, AEW. One of them comes out with a boom box. It's not even a real boom box. One of them is a rapper. The smaller one. The other one's coming out with a boom box. Who's the bigger one? Mm-hmm. But the boom box, it's not even a boom box. It's like one of them boom. I don't even know what they call it, the bump box or something. Nah. It looks, it looks ridiculous. So they got that thing going on there now. And I'm like, these guys are from the Northeast. Of course. You know, I've done shows with them. Yep. Oh, you've done like, shows with them? So oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I don't know them, know them, but I've. Right. But I was in the same locker room with them. When they was doing different it's safe to say that, you know? that you've inspired what they're doing right now. That they might have seen your clip. Like, oh, good idea. I'll take one of those. All money has inspired a lot of teams. 
and a lot of people are still wrestling today. You know, and I was watching the the, uh, first time the A and E documentary on Booker T. And every time they kept talking about the (laughs) FC Express, I thought about you and your brother. Remind Yo, me so much you guys. Harlem Heat, Heat was oh. one of our favorite tag yeah. teams. When we first started watching, you know, WWF was first, then we caught on to WCW. Mm-hmm. Like 90, maybe four. Okay. 94, 95. And we saw Harlem Heat. And they saw 110th Street. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's our team, man. They're like from 110th Street. <laughs> yo, Houston. big fans. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. 110th Street. I'm like, yo. And that used to be like my old hood. Like, Uptown, yeah. uh-huh. Amsterdam Avenue, St. Nicholas, yeah, yeah. 145th and all that. Like, that's like my old, my old hood. Yeah. So when they would talk about 110th Street, I'd be so hyped. I'd always tell my mom, like, oh, you see these guys down there? You yep. see them on 110th Street? She's like, no, I've never seen them, but I'll, I'll be looking for them. Like, my mom still knows who Booker T is yeah. in the Harlem <laughs> Heat and one, two, three kid because of me, because I was such a huge fan of theirs, man. How, how does she feel about your career as a wrestler? Oh man, she wasn't. Uh, she she kind of thought it, like everybody thought it was a phase because yeah. we was never into wrestling. Okay. So they thought it was a phase that we was gonna grow out of. Mm-hmm. But once we started wrestling, like traveling throughout, you know, the Northeast wrestling and making money, yeah, she was like, "Oh wow, I'm serious now." Okay, yeah. But once I moved to Japan, man, that's when like, she was like, serious. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. That's my, father, old, my, my parents, my father was the same way. Like, I always wanted to go to film school. And they're like, nah, man, that's for Jewish people. Mm. You, you never make it in Hollywood. You'll never be Tarantino. And I'm like, ah, okay. So I went to criminal yeah. justice school to go be a detective. <laughs> I want to go into uh, into internal oh, affairs cool. and bus cops. Because wow. I'm from the Giuliani <laughs> era, era where they were stopping Fritz. So I'm in Brooklyn. They're like, yo, you, come <laughs> here. Yeah, you fit the description. What the fuck are you talking about? So they pat me down. I'm like, yo, I want to go. If I can't be a director or an actor, mm. I want to be a cop that goes out and bus cops. And uh, I went to John Jay in Manhattan, but I found a drama department and I was, yo, so I never even graduated college because I spent all my time in the drama and theater department. And, you know, I I ended up, you know, doing the first ever podcast back in 97 TV shows and when when the Internet was blowing up. So. um, (laughs) So once I did that, then I get the contract from WCW to do stuff with them. And I'm like, oh, I'm writing (laughs) magazines. My parents always thought that wrestling was a phase, like you said, until I started <laughs> yeah. making money with it, until I started making a living off yeah. of it. And it you know, I, I bust my parents' chops every night. We'll go to see a movie. We'll go see, like, you know, the Marvel movies where you got to wait 15 <laughs> minutes to see the end credit scene. And every time for 15 minutes, I'm elbowing them. I could have had that job, could have had that job. Yeah. I went over there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things, man. You got to follow your dreams, man. You got to. Yes. Because if you, if you don't do it, the thing is, you saw somebody that did the job and they're getting paid to do it. Why the fuck can't you? Oh, yeah. if, if, if you couldn't be a wrestler, you could have been a booker. You could have been a costume designer. You could have been a, a producer. You could have been. You could have just been in the. As long as you wake up every day and you're yeah. going to do that dream job, it may not be the top name on the board, but it's part yeah. of the production. That's your dream, man. You're there. And a lot of old timers don't don't they don't believe that they don't accept it. They're like, yo, get secure, get a city no. job with sanitation with a pension and benefits. Yeah. <laughs> Work here. for the MTA, get that MTA job. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just like, yo, I, I got dreams. Man. I got a follow. Oh, yeah, man. But it uh, I was ready to get out the states so many ways, man. I yeah. was so ready to go. It's like this is. I was following in the footsteps of you know, guys like one, two, three, kid who did the Japanese tours. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I was trying to fix that. So one of my mentors, Tupo Scorpio. Oh, another one. He yeah. trained in a, yeah, he trained okay. in a, you know, all Japan dojo. Mm-hmm. Then from there, you know, he lived in Germany. He wrestled in all these different countries. You know, these are the guys that inspired me. Yeah. I'm like, damn, okay. You can wrestle in Japan. You can wrestle over here in Germany. You can mm-hmm. wrestle over here in, you know, name the country you can wrestle there. And I'm like, wow, there's wrestling there? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I want to do that. I'm from Hunts Point. I'm from Harlem. I'm from New York City. I want to get out. When did, you, when, when did you start adapting to the business side of things? When did you start saying, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to start winding down, but I want to start learning how to run these shows. I want to learn how to get a building. I want to learn how to get insurance. I want to get a ring. And by the way, speaking of rings, that ring that you won that champion, that shit was soft as hell in the middle. I would love to bump in that. <laughs> I was talking to Toddy about this. That was a hard ring to wrestle in. Oh, get out of it. Oh, because it was soft, right? I saw you try to go to the top was... ropes and the, and the cables were all a little loose. Not The softness, I like I like. I like stiffer rings. Like I'm yeah. Japan the rings are stiff. So uh-huh. I'm used to that. Right. But the bounciness is hard to get a little too rooms. much. Yeah. Yeah. And the final, the final canvas, mm-hmm. so slippery. The ropes are so loose. Right, right. So it was it was kind of tough, man. I, I, was I, I noticed on, on a couple of a couple of your forearm shots and your clotheslines, when he hit the mat, it would spring you up like a trampoline. Yeah. So it's hard for you to set up for your next move. You're like, oh, yeah. like now I'm back. Exactly, man. <laughs> You gotta like pop up on your feet, set, then go with like right, oh, right. Man, it was, yeah, yeah man. it was the bump. The bump was amazing. You're right, the bump is the soft. Bump to tell. that ring was, was like amazing. a orthopedic mattress. You're like, oh, that can do this. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yo, I was, I was wrestling with my son. We yeah. went to um to one of these little gimmick spots over here that's got like uh you know the, the ball pits and shit like that. And we're wrestling. Oh, yeah. He suplexed me in the ball pit, and it's all foam, <laughs> dude. I got in there. I couldn't get out. I started panicking. I was like, oh shit, I can't move. I can't yo, move. <laughs> it's so hard to get out of those things. I got in one before. Yo, yo, it feels rough. like you're drowning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Without being in water, it's so. It takes so. That's a great workout. Yeah. Now I see why they have like they have one of those rings in um the performance center. Okay. It's like super cushiony. Right. And it's for that reason, you know, because it takes so much energy to move around that thing. I, w- I almost went yeah, to anxiety because I, like, wow. I couldn't get out. I, could, I had nothing to grab onto. I was in the middle yeah. of the pit, and the styrofoam is just pushing me down further. And I'm yeah. losing my shit. And I saw your yeah. ring, and I was like, that reminds yeah. me of the fucking foam pit, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. That that damn dent in the middle. Yeah. Oh man. That's yeah, why I, was, man. I wasn't even trying to run the ropes that much. I had to I had to change things um mm-hmm. before the match and during the match. Was that a 20 foot ring? It looked pretty big. Yeah. 20 foot, yeah. foot, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing in Japan, like in China, they don't really know how to make the rings that good. Okay. Because like the ropes are either the ropes are like low. If you notice mm-hmm. the ropes are low. Like the, the mainstream in um, China, they both say either too low or too high mm-hmm. because they don't really have like a, a like kind of like an idea of like how to like make the ring correctly to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. You know, so they they just going off like pictures and uh-huh. what this guy is saying. And <laughs> right, it's right. Like, uh, it's kind of tough. Like the, the rings in, in Hong Kong are uh, way better. They're Japanese rings. Man, I went to a show in Texas, and in Texas, it was just a mm. show. It was a lucha show in Dallas, and um, 
they didn't have pads for the ring. They just had the boards and they had extra rolled up carpet underneath the thing. So that was your padding. Dude, that shit looked hard as hell. And those dudes were coming out with like blisters on their back, taking bumps on literally just straight, not not even uh, uh what do you go like two by fours, thick ass two by fours yeah. with a, with a little padded carpet on there. I was like, yo, nah, negative. I'm not taking a bump on that shit. Yeah, man. And I mean, in Mexico, those rings are stiff as hell. And oh, it's, yeah. It's no surprise why they don't take a lot of bumps in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Everything is rolls and like fucking yeah. flips and shit like that. Yeah, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this punch on the car on the concrete because it's softer. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, like, yo, I, I understand why the loot store style was so acrobatic because yeah. these guys can't be bumping around like that and those right, right. stiff ass rings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo, man. That's why they hate taking bumps. They're like, nah. Yeah. They, they take a drop kick and take a old bump off of it. Like, so, like, when, when, once you start running as a promo, what do you think is going to be the most difficult part of the business aspect of things? Oh. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I think everything's going to be hard at first. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, you, talk, you talk about your heart rate going up. We'd be like, oh, my money's in this yeah, shit. <laughs> hey, everything is going to be tough, man. That's gonna be like, yeah, man. Oh, this thing is just. But, but what, what, what kind of struggles have, have you seen? Have you seen the bookers go through out there, or not necessarily the bookers, but the promoters in terms of getting fans to the arena, getting more crowds there, selling tickets, getting insurance? I mean, have you got all those bases covered yet? So when you finally decide to do it, you're like, all right, look, it may not be the most successful thing at first, but it's it's put yeah. together right. I got one of my ducks in order. Yeah, I think um, I think for me. Seeing that talent here, I think the hardest thing for me is to is gonna be the the matches, like okay. the in the ring quality. All right, I think that's gonna be the, the toughest because you know there's, there's a lot of well I won't say a lot of promotions here in China. There's about five, and I wrestle for all of them, and I know like the promoters and all that, so mm -hmm. I know I won't have a hard time finding a building. I already have somebody that's found a building for me. I know. Getting insurance. I know all that stuff, like all the paperwork and all that behind the scenes stuff won't be as hard because I'll have a lot of help. Yeah. I think the in ring quality is going to be something that I'm going to have a hard time with because a lot of the guys here, they have a lot of potential, but they don't really know how to connect the dots. So you know, when, when you start so running as a promoter. on like AEW and stuff and like that. Like the style that we see now, yeah. that's what they want to do. And they try it, mm. but it doesn't look good because they don't have the basics down packed. They don't have the footwork down packed to make it look crisp. Yeah, it looks yeah. very choppy. And they don't really understand the psychology of pro wrestling. You know? But so. as a promoter, are you going to separate church and state? And what I mean by that is you're going to have your dojo and you're going to have your shows. Yeah. But your shows aren't going to be student shows. Your show's gonna be with no, guys who are establishing no. out because you got it. That's yeah. where your money's coming in. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Dude, yeah. You know what it's like out here when you see student shows, like, oh, these fucking ticket sellers. Here we go. Yeah, the Frank oh, Goodman yeah. show, there's seven hours of ticket sellers mm -hmm. before you get to Shane Douglas <laughs> and Sabu. It's like, <laughs> maybe you stay to like yeah, the right. last minute to get the main event at like uh -huh. 2 a.m. Right. It's a part of those shows, man. I know. So I'm I know sure. all about it. I'm like, yeah. I was out of there like at like freaking 8 30. <laughs> I yeah. can stay in here, like <laughs> I don't know. 
But yeah, man. I, think I don't know. I don't know who runs the longest show, Frank Goodman or Toddy D. I don't go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Toddy D's got that nine-hour podcast. Shout out to him, the Toddy D Pro Wrestling <laughs> Experience. <laughs> well, I, I don't know who has the longest show, but they give each other a run for their money. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't see it. Like, they're about, like, even right now. Like, <laughs> like they're right there. <laughs> hey, man, he's a New York guy. You know, Brooklyn's own Toddy D. He maybe yeah. he's got inspired. I don't know. <laughs> That's my dude, though. I love Toddy G. He's a good guy. Oh, hell yeah. Good he, show, man. man. I'm really glad to see he's doing things out there. But listen, man, I know you woke up early so we can have this chat. And like Toddy D, you do, we'll do this again. Not next week, but soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go out there, man. Bust your asses at the IBEW champion. Continue success. I want to hear more about your journey. I want to hear more about your success, your growth, and the things that you're doing out there. Dude, I, I don't take any credit for any of your success. Without, all I do is oh, give you an opportunity. Man. You guys went I out give you the credit. And, and busted so much ass. So I hope that I'm, I'm in my right place when I say I am proud of everything that you have accomplished. I don't, I don't know, you. you know, because there's a lot of guys out there who want to take the credit. Like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I used to work with him and I, booked <laughs> him and I did this for Dude. Fuck that. You was in the ring. You got the response. You designed who you are. You and your brother came up with that mentality. You're a self-made man. And all I can say is I'm proud to and honored to have worked with you. I'm proud and honored to have you have been one of my champions. But more so, it's almost like a father seeing his son grow and be like, I'm glad I'm proud of the man you've become. And dude, it's been 15 years, way too long. I can't wait to see more boof in the boombox, brother. Thank you, bro. I, I want to thank you again for everything, man. I'm proud of you as well. And like <laughs> Once I saw you post up those videos, I was like, I gotta leave a comment, man. I <laughs> I miss my boy. It's been too long. Like we never Dude, had I, a heat. We always I have had a great no relationship. Idea you man. were in Tampa. I had no clue. Yeah, I, I was I, I, supposed bit. to get together yeah. one time in Ybor City, and some shit came up, and I was like, Yeah, man. man. You took off to, I think, Japan or China at the time, but dude, yeah, ever back stateside, yo, hit me up. You said your mom oh. is still in Tampa. Yeah, she's still in Tampa. Dude, when you're out yeah. here, I'll like Oh, me. absolutely. I'm I'm there, man. We'll do it up, my guy. Without about it. <laughs> Yo, let, let everybody out there know that's watching where they can find you. Give them the social media handles. Give them, give them the rundown where they can find Boofa in the Boombox. Hey, yo, you can find Boofa in the Boombox. Pro wrestlers go back to 80s hip hop, the hip hop and globe trotting live action music video. Check me out. Or should I say, check us out on Twitter. At Bufa underscore AO, that's two A's, one Y, triple O. It's the same on Instagram and on Facebook. You can check me out at Forrest Marcelo Rhines. Oh, you put and, your government name out there, huh? <laughs> hey, it's because, man, I didn't want to. Uh-huh. I didn't want to. But I changed my name so many times that they didn't allow me to change it again. Oh. So things like get stuck with me. Marcelo Ryan's. I'm like, come on, bro. Come on, man. Yo, they got a still a dope <laughs> name, though. I don't know. That Marcelo is just fucking flies yeah. on the tip of the tongue. Yeah. It's like Billy D. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> the Coke 45 in the hand. <laughs> Billy D. Good old Billy D. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, listen. man. And, Yo, you got right, more? You got you, more? Like, I, I, I don't know. Hey, and I got, I got my YouTube, you know, that's what is it? YouTube.com slash all money is legal, number one. And I don't, that's pretty much it, man. All right, man. So, all I got. We'll, we'll get it out there. We'll get it rolling. No, but this will be the first. 
Definitely not the last, man. We definitely got to catch up again. Bro, it's been a pleasure yes, talking. Yes. I'm so glad we have to catch up. I got so oh, much knowledge too, from man. you from uh, what you've been doing and, and, and that great mindset that you got for this business. And like I said, it's not just a Thank character. You. you are looking at this as, as a future, as an industry, as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. in a new land yes. that's, that's newly adopting um, the pro wrestling business. So, man, I, I, I wish you all the luck in the world and so much respect. Thank you. And uh, I, I want to see and hear more about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for the Midnight Hustle. This edition here, we got Bufa in the boombox. I'm diehard, Derek. I, I got to say it, man, because we're talking wrestling. So, you know, <laughs> I got I to go man. back to my throwback name. But, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're out. Make sure you connect with us. You know the handles. You know the vibes. Can you dig it? Can we you out. dig it?